<laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cinnabums podcast. Uh, season six. I have just learned we are on season six. Yeah. Um, of course, we're counting years where the Cinnabums uh, wasn't the name, uh, right? Uh, with that, but yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, you know, maybe season four technically of Cinnabums. If you're, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you take that that those things really seriously or literally, but uh, yeah, technically season six. Yeah, like I mean, it was just it was me and John. It was exactly like this. So it's season. It's the <laughs> same thing. It's yeah, season six. Um, and uh, you know, uh, like we haven't done an episode with Jake in a while, and um, Jake's been doing his own thing a lot of the time. Like, but he's been ke- keeping the uh, output of our uh, channel and uh, and everything like afloat as John and I <laughs> just <laughs> weren't having it, you know, uh, this past month. Uh, we, we've tried, we tried to schedule some episodes where guests fell through and uh, we didn't really have anything uh, to replace it, uh, just honestly. And um, I was pretty set on what we were going to do last month. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, so what we were going to do was Santa Claus with Tim Allen trilogy everything uh with our uh jake and i's cousin brendan who has been on the show a few times and uh brendan has had some things going on so we had to cancel the episode a couple times unfortunately including covid i mean the world had so much covid last month right um mm-hmm. jake you I had covid had, i had covid post christmas like the day after i had christmas, covid yeah. on thanksgiving personally oh wow he showed up to Thanksgiving with, and COVID. I went to Thanksgiving because I'm a spreader. <laughs> Cancelled. I'm yeah. ignorant, you know. I'm ignorant, um, but I didn't get anyone sick somehow. Miraculously, also. yeah, no one got sick from that. So he isn't canceled, I guess. Uh, Luke, the Rudy Gobert, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> touching the mics and everything. You know, my my hero, of course, <laughs> my favorite NBA player. <laughs> You know, I like that's what I like spreading and defense, you know, like Rudy <laughs> Gobert has going for him. Um, but like we watched tr- planes, trains and automobiles on Thanksgiving and I had COVID and was hanging by Jake's roommate as Jake prepared some great eats that day. Um, Absolutely. You know, we can reminisce as much to Thanksgiving since it has been that long <laughs> that's crazy. since John and I's last episode, um, yeah. which was uh, which was how <laughs> how we want to be better. It? Yeah, oh, yeah. Movies like that make wanna, us better. Yeah. Movies that make us better. And John and I decided to then let ourselves have a long break. Hibernation yeah. mode. <laughs> Which was to be better, to be to be less fatigued. Yeah, it's like we really energized. need to refuel um and yeah. be better. And <laughs> I think we had some good episodes planned and everything, but it was just like the worst time. You know, I like the end of November, mid-November to like the first week of January is just like crazy. Yeah. First. Yeah. Even if you don't have like that much, that much plans like going on, it just for some reason is you get caught up in the craziness of, yeah. Of the times of the consumerism of the, you know, that jingle all the way, uh, uh, consumerism and having to work and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But like, we really were going to go crazy with that Santa Claus episode. And uh, I did watch all three. Uh, like That's the couple... funniest part that you prepared <laughs> and watched them all. 
I prepared a lot. I was very ready to go, but unfortunately we had to cancel. And um, I was just like, John and I could have easily, I think, and Jake, you were working. We asked you to be part of it. Um, So, but you had I was working a seasonal retail job, the fucking consumerism, man, got the better of me. But you know what's funny? It's always lurking. It's always lurking. In the last episode that we have on on the page, I there's a major like time jump in the editing because I like teased the Santa Claus. I know, episode. John. He even took out a, like he did an ad for us. Yeah, the, uh, me and like the guests. Best we were theater all experiences. Episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The best theater. We were bantering about Santa Claus for like ten minutes, and I was like, "This is pretty great, like promotion for the Santa Claus." And then the next week, we're like, "Oh fuck, I guess we're not gonna." <laughs> It's all good. It happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the reason why I canceled was because uh, like, I couldn't... I didn't want to do that episode without uh, our cousin Brendan because he just felt... Even though I thought John and I would have done a good job um, with it on our own, I felt, all right, we have... In order to maximize this episode's potential, we need Brendan there. Um, he's such a Santa Claus guy. <laughs> um, a jolly old that, guy. <laughs> it's it's kind of become tradition to have him on the like Christmas episode, right? And, and for too. instance, he was telling me that he watched like thirty Christmas movies. Yeah, he did. Last <laughs> December. Oh my and God. I was like, so you have to have a guy like that on. And uh, you know, Brennan's always so like he brings such a good vibe and such a funny vibe whenever he comes good energy. on. So I mm-hmm. felt like in order to maximize, so we'll, we'll get to that next year. Um, we'll spend the next 11 months uh, promoting preparing. our Santa Claus episode in December, 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll do it just as good. You know, we'll, we'll, it will get to it, but that'll be uh, after we do everything that we do this upcoming year, yep. it will be shelved for then. Yep. Yeah, so all those planned episodes that had to get scrapped, we'll, we'll instead try and do early first quarter or first half of 2023, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're going to keep bringing more episodes with guests, uh, new, new yeah. guests. Some old I was guests. definitely thinking of that. That's part of the agenda. Like we no need to disclose because we haven't talked about it maybe uh officially like episode ideas (laughs) but we have a lot planned and stuff and rather than just throw it out there like things that could end up not happening or whatever uh but i would like to you know follow uh like jake's had a good model of having people on and like a lot of good uh cinephiles on every week and some smart people uh too Mm Too smart for this podcast, even. Yeah, probably. yeah. It's yeah. really upping the intelligence game <laughs> of the channel. <laughs> well, I'm like, hey, I can't keep, wouldn't keep up with that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I, I figured, you know, we'd have like episodes with a lot of guests, and then we can have like uh, backup as episodes um, as well, as to uh, prevent all the canceling that has been going on lately on this channel. <laughs> Cancel culture. Just in a different way, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, today is uh, our uh, 2022 review, which is uh, uh, like very uh, historical yearly thing that we tend to keep up with. And uh, 
uh, Jake is here for it because we're just going to like do it all together. Um, everything 2022, including the bummies, which will, we know for sure we're going to be doing again. Um, have to. <laughs> which I, yeah, I, that'll be fun. I think I can see some interesting categories from that we could create from a very interesting year in movies. Uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, and uh, today we agreed on uh that we're gonna be doing the the top 25 uh movies part one yeah yes part one yeah it takes too long but 25 is like a good number to me in terms of lists yeah you know so today will be 25 through our number 11 movie and then save the the, save the real goods 10 through one for for next time i think every year we've done something different i think last year we did like top 30 the year before, maybe just top ten. <laughs> it's all uh, over yeah. the map. <laughs> I like to think that each year I'm like, nah, nah, it, it, this is the right number yeah. of movies to talk about. <laughs> we still haven't found that number yet, and maybe uh, after today I'll be like, it's definitely not twenty. It's not twenty. Twenty five is that it? was a twenty five was a nightmare. That was a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. um I guess I don't know if how we should uh, go about this. We always also do this differently. Maybe, maybe we don't. Maybe I can't remember. But when we do a list and we have like the same one, but like I have something at eighteen that Jake has at twelve, or like yeah. we, you know, talking about it. Do or we not? skip that and and like move on until it gets to whoever it's like highest on their list, or do we just talk about it then? Um, I feel like we could just switch off and talk about it. You know. I think it's always like subjective. It just kind of like depends on how the person feels like was said about it, you know, before. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah. I feel like we could bring up each number for each round, but if, if say we talked already about it previously at length, we can just like really quickly share our thoughts, you know? Cool. Um, just so the list is complete, I guess. Yeah. And I always yeah. forget how that rule goes. I just always feel like we figure it out as yeah, yeah. it yeah. goes along sort of. We'll play say, it by ear. Yeah. Just play it by ear and see <laughs> see how the, the flow goes. Yeah, because to be honest, I I forget how it works. <laughs> you know, like I'm so out of the flow of this, like right it's now. It's not an exact science. Yeah. We'll figure it right. out. Right. It's been a while since a list too, in um for me, I think. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh who wants to do uh number twenty-five on the list first? Um, mine is a is a doozy, I'll say right away. Doozy. I uh, yeah, I'm guessing it is. I can start. Go ahead. Um, I'll start. I don't know if this will be on either one of your lists. Uh and I also, full disclosure, I'm sure you guys might have been the same way. Up until we started this, I was still like changing around my list. Um okay because I, I didn't really make time for that. So I might uh, be like contradicting myself and be like, that's not right on the list. You know, you see, I always feel like with these lists, like a year later, you would probably change a yeah. lot of it around. Right. Yeah. You might rewatch and, a movie a year from now and you're like, that could be like number three, like jump yeah. up, you know. So this is like right here and now. I feel like this is where it counts, yeah. I guess. But yeah, and mm-hmm. uh and John and I, unlike Jake. Um, have a tendency <laughs> to procrastinate um, uh, of the yeah. year. And we, we tend to, we did a lot better this year. Cause I remember last year I had just moved to LA and I was like, well, now I need to like 
watch everything that I didn't see. And I, I it was too much of a workload. And I, I mm -hmm. started earlier this year and I did a way better job. But um, uh, Jake is one of those uh, moviegoers that you see everything as it comes out. Most of yeah, I got that yeah. AMC Stubbs A list man, so I can Ooh, yeah, I can just run run the run the tracks at AMC and just see everything. Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I'm very <laughs> overwhelmed with also my thoughts on all these movies uh, because yeah. I, because I procrastinated it and didn't have a chance. <laughs> It's all scrambled um, to, up there to process yeah. like all right. of them. I mean, like for instance, I just watched Tar, and yeah. just and drank a shit ton of coffee, and I'm just like Jeez, really cycle, a... really cycling that insane movie right now. That is uh, a lot to take in, yeah. Which is definitely <laughs> one of the best films of the year, um, and for sure. But I'm still like processing it, and I I put it on my list high, but you know. That's good. You got I'm, time then to process and come up right, with your right, kind of right. scramble and, your thoughts a little. And, yeah. and I don't know even like I, I'm not going to know what my thoughts are on a movie like that and specific specifically until I share them. You yeah, know? That, like, that's kind of a movie <laughs> that you need like a month to resonate. Yeah. So <laughs> for real, yeah. for real, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I spent the past two weeks really cramming. Um, yeah, much like I would do for like you know finals in school. Like right, it's the same right. Thing, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but uh, and John and I pro bro both procrastinate this uh, for sure. But we did better this year, I think, well, than last. It's year. good. Yeah, we did. Things are on streaming, and everything's kind of out there right now. Yeah. So it's a good time to cram if there was a time. Right, and right, and that's yeah. partially the reason for the time off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you can so correct me if I'm wrong, good. Jake, but I feel like you probably have better like you pace yourself better and like yeah. gradually over the year you get to like all of right, these right. whereas yeah we yeah we cram at the end there was definitely an element of me cramming as well but I, I think i crammed maybe like five or six movies that i didn't get a chance to watch throughout the year but for you guys it kind of looked like 10 to 15 maybe 20 that you in the past like month that you guys have been like yeah. okay this was highly talked about in april now i gotta finally check it out so mm-hmm um yeah right. i'm just an avid theater person so that's kind of the reason why it's like my list just stacks up throughout the year mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i was i was sick earlier this week so that gave me great <gasps> opportunity to lay mm -hmm. on the couch and get like two or three knocked out in the day so uh so yeah, yeah. it definitely took up a lot of my time cramming this in you know yeah. i i definitely was like after this episode i'm like there's other um projects in my life that i need to catch up on because i was like just so it was like always every day a new <laughs> a new one another one another one you know and yeah. <laughs> uh that is part of being a consistent uh avid cinephile that you forget when you're not doing it like when you say you take breaks from it uh like oh yeah it takes up a lot of time and it's a very dedicated thing um, to be and and like anything, it's kind of I realize it's the easier it's easier to do as you are uh, um, consistent with any like with anything yeah. consistency. It's easier to let go and lose yourself in um all these movies, um, and go to the theater as well. That comes with consistency. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted uh, to point out. I think there was a time when 
I kept asking you, like, so when's the last, what's the last movie that Luke saw? And for the longest time, it was like in, in the fall <laughs> season, it was like, I, I think it's still Nope, which came out in like July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know. uh, it was like August through um, pr- uh, like November. I missed everything. You know, I really <laughs> did. I, I was not in it with movies at all. Um, yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah yeah likewise yeah um john yeah, you wanted guess, to start off I'll, i can start with my number 25 um and uh like i said earlier uh when i was about to go and then i of course sidetracked us all but uh um i don't know if this is one you guys have seen um but it's a netflix movie and it's all quiet on the western front no on uh list did not see it um even though i saw you saw it like very long netflix uh war movie yes that yes, i did not watch <laughs> i feel like every year there's like a, a a new war movie about either world war one or world war two we're still talking about <laughs> yeah, those yeah. wars um and yeah i think this is also it's well it's based on a book from long ago um but then there's also a movie back in the day that i've not seen right. um that was originally based off the book, but um, yeah, I thought this was a uh, overall a solid, just a solid war movie. Um, it is nothing I think that's like, especially groundbreaking or new. Um, it's just kind of like, to me, a, a good war movie that it's not uh, glorifying war or anything like that. Um, nobody looks cool in it. It's very, it's very depressing and dark. Uh, everybody looks like they're shitting their pants constantly. Uh, and it, and it starts out, you know, it's very, it's about this, uh, um, this group of, uh, German soldiers who they're very like in the beginning, they're so like gung ho about like, yeah, joining the army. Like, this is the thing we should do. Um, like we're doing like a good thing, the right thing for our country. And then just gradually it just gets so bleak and terrible. Um, and I think there's the mm. cinematography is really great. It's really beautiful and dark. Um, uh, and yeah, like I said, it, it's not, um, not glorifying violence of any kind or making someone out to be like the big hero, really. It's just, uh, yeah, it, it all sucks. Everybody's, everybody is always scared out of their mind. Uh, and there's also, there's a great scene too, that I think puts into context, like in world war one. Um, and I know I think we're all like, like a little bit of history nerds, but it's like the first time that like tanks were used. And I just think there's a great scene that I think was like shared around social media too, of like the first time these soldiers are seeing tanks in person. Right. Uh, right. and it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a really, I think, well, well shot scene to really just show the terror, like, you know, in something like Lord of the Rings or something where there's just this battle going on and then this crazy thing have these crazy like and, and then the elephants thing. come the elephants come yeah they're like, it's like fuck, what they the got fuck elephants. is this yeah yeah and it's like yeah. i don't know it's, yeah to me it's like it's just like war is advancing to like that a more futuristic fucked up level it's like yeah you know in terminator when they're like fighting people you know like i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that sounds cool i'll check it out eventually probably <laughs> Yeah. So it's an interesting one. It's not, I don't think it's gonna, you know, um, it's not going to like win any right. uh, awards really, right. but uh, yeah, just a, a solid, 
solid movie overall. So I fit, felt like I had to include it in my list. It's like Hollywood um, eyes, but not in a uh, two like in like uh, maybe. I think it's foreign, actually, isn't it? Like, oh, is it? It's. I think it's German. It's a German. Um, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, directed by Edward Berger. Yeah, Edward Berger, uh, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like accessible enough for just like the mainstream audience, but it's not too over the top, like right um, to where to where it rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, where it's like, oh, this beautiful soldier he's like this hot shot soldier right. and he misses his beautiful wife like back home lone you know? survivor yeah it's not yeah. like a peter berg war movie black hawk yeah. down it's like these are like these are stupid kids well not stupid kids but like innocent kids naive, like, naivete right. of they're war involved stuff. in yeah. the wrong conflict all that yeah, yeah. The, that they in their minds glorified like what it's like to be in a war and in the army and then it they quickly realize that it fucking sucks um so yeah that's all quiet on the western front 25 uh i'll go next then uh all right i i have a lot of this was tough because i have 102 films on my 2022 list so this i I, like john i was scrambling and kind of rearranging things um so but it was a tight race for that number 25 spot but oh yeah I had to I had to give it to uh Cha Cha Real Smooth um by the man Cooper Rife. Um he directed Shit House a few years ago, which was a really great debut. And this was his follow-up for Apple TV Plus, sort of his breakout uh, movie that co-starred Dakota Johnson, so it got a lot more attention and she produced the movie. Um and this movie is just lovely, 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 lovely. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's coming up on my list later. I assume, yeah, when you guys are going to talk about it, this, this is kind of a this is kind of a just a ubiquitously loved movie. Like you have, to, if you have a yeah. soul, like this movie yeah. speaks to you. And not to mention, like uh, the lead character's place in life is just very, 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 very relatable and sort of. Yeah, he's uh, twenty five, I believe, in it, right? Uh, I think he's like straight out of college. I don't know. Like, actually, here, so yeah, he's twenty two years old in the oh movie. Oh my god. Um he's 22. The director in real life um is my age, which is crazy. Like there's no other All right, all right. So that's what I was thinking of. Actually yeah. Cooper Rife's age. Yeah, Never he's mind. he's my yeah. age, yeah. Um Okay. We've actually I me and him have uh back when he did shit house and he was kind of a nobody, we used to DM on Instagram a little bit to talk about like filmmaking and stuff. Um, no way. Wow. He's a super nice, cool, really like down to earth guy. As you can tell from Cha Cha Real Smooth. So I'm really happy he had like his breakout role. And um, this is probably my favorite performance Dakota Johnson's ever given. Like it was a very lived in character, really beautifully authentic character. Um, and just a beautiful relationship blossoms out of this movie. Um, and I love the whole you know, kind of that coming of age story where you really, you really, really come to terms with that. You got so much more time left to have heartbreak and all of that sort of adult uh, nonsense that he comes to term with, comes to terms with. Um, and yeah, obviously Luke said he's, we're going to talk about it more so I could stop there, but that's, yeah, I still love and think about that movie often. Yeah. I really liked it. And uh, that's really cool that you, dm'd cooper rife um for yeah, sure because i yeah. was like i after this movie i was like you know i really respect this man <laughs> like <laughs> like to uh 
act in his film uh, and play such a valiant character. And also, like, just, you know, he really warrants acting in his film. Like, he's a really great He's fantastic, actor. yeah. And um, when I was watching it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this guy before, but I know I haven't, you know? Um, and uh, definitely, like, well, a guy I want st- to stick around more in the industry and keep making stuff. Uh, he's got some, you know, good things to say. Um, yeah. You should try to send him your action <laughs> script. <laughs> he did he'll just. Be like, he'll be like, I don't a, make movies like this at yeah. all. He started a production company. I saw and I was like, man, what are the chances if I reach out to this yeah, guy? Yeah. He yeah. did. <laughs> um, shoot your but, shot. Yeah, yeah, shoot my shot. Uh, yeah, but he's a really enduring person, and he may, he's making movies right. that we re- that aren't really too common in Hollywood. So yeah. Um, and and the shit house movie is that what's called shit house shit house is his debut and it i, yeah, I like that's it a movie even i've more. really wanted to get to uh, yeah recently yeah that's a that's a that's a great one. i like it even more than Sha Sha. real smooth oh, actually wow. it, it's yeah. really f- i just gotta pull the tri- trigger on that rental yeah yeah is all that's all that's holding me back guys uh <laughs> but not to say that i didn't pull uh the trigger on the rental for a lot of the movies yeah exactly yeah, about yeah, yeah. um Speaking of which, I owe Jake some money. <laughs> yeah, use my Amazon Prime account. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cha cha. Real smooth. Uh, we'll talk about it again, probably really repetitively later, since we've said a lot about it. Um, my number twenty-five. Uh, so that, like I said before, it's a doozy. Um, it's uh one that probably will give me uh some flack from some. Um, and it like just made the list, <laughs> you know, I could definitely have something else in here. And it's also from earlier in the year. Uh, oh man, it's, you already know what it is. <laughs> it's, um, it's Jennifer Lopez's marry me <laughs> with Owen Wilson. It just made the list guys. I'm glad um, you're bringing this up actually. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> it definitely could easily be on, uh, like a, the worst of the year also you could almost think one could um, argue yeah <laughs> which is also why it's in my, my top 25 because <laughs> i <laughs> it's like a movie that's so bad it's like good in a way and it's like so cringe and weird that it's good um but it's also like uh so perfect you know where you're like oh my god i can't believe they did this like they saw chem- that chemistry, <laughs> a weird chemistry would occur between Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez. And it's like... They're very charming the- together. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the movie's like super mainstream <laughs> and uh, like popular. And it, it goes with uh, like the... Like the that reggae, the reggaeton genre and stuff like that a lot that is really popular with like artists such as uh not just jennifer lopez but like who who's like god who's one of those guys like uh like like not like the modern don omar or or something uh like there who's like the biggest one though is bad bunny bad bunny bad bunny yeah yeah exactly like the bad bunny genre yeah that is like sweeping the nation it's kind of kind of like the guy that the bad guy that she dates in this is kind of, I think like, even though he's a musician in real life, he's very much playing towards one of those guys. And 
Um, I don't know. I just like that. I like the how that stuff's you know be, like being represented in movies. You know that genre of music. I think it's like fun. It's not like my favorite or anything like that, but I enjoy it and I think it's fun and it's definitely just very popular uh, nowadays. Um, and then on the other side of this movie, you have Owen Wilson, who is a normal, weird, nerdy teacher in New York um, and just has such a down-to-earth life. Almost seems like a guy who's from the Midwest. And yeah, yeah. he's like, I go to bed at 9 a.m. and then I teach something in the morning. He teaches like math or something like that. Um, and he just loves math. Yeah, there's uh, the whole final set piece of the math competition. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. right. And and, yeah. and he might have a speech in this where he's like, you know, math just makes sense <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, and that's why I love it. Everything is in man. order. Right, yeah. exactly. Like there's one answer. There's no wrong answer. There's only yeah. one right <laughs> answer. I might be paraphrasing something else. But uh, like it's just a really ridiculous movie that actually kind of works and is actually kind of fun. Um while also making you shake your head a lot. Like I love shake your head um, movies a lot, like cringe yeah. things. Wow. Uh, that could be an upcoming bummies uh, category. Heck, yeah. The shake your yeah. head category. Yeah. And I shook Write my head down. a yeah. lot and also felt like the audience in this was very like, I felt like I was sitting around a lot of normal, like just like, regular people like like yeah. mainstream audiences like not a marvel movie necessarily but like its own like no well, there are a lot know, of old ladies and couples around us yeah a lot of so. couples uh for sure uh like people that just movie... like decide to go see a movie and then like exactly oh, yeah, this, They're this like, one's out this like, really yeah. appealed to me you know what i mean like that <laughs> sort of thing uh this very much appealed to them it's people uh, they know actors they know so yeah yeah. And so you know, um, every time I see this like poster, I always get that song stuck in my head too. the marry, marry me, me, marry me, say yes. Right. <laughs> the soundtrack everyone, of this movie is really good. Actually, like right. pop songs. Like, yeah. Yeah. An original movie is pretty song solid. is like the love, the love of the love of my life, like song that everyone will like recites in their reviews or something on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I am the love of the love of my life. Yeah. Self-empowerment <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like in here because it's so ridiculous. Like another movie that didn't make it but could is in this like that I really like that could have made uh, it could have made it for the same reason is like Ticket to Paradise with Clooney and mm. Julia Roberts very ridiculous movie but i also like really enjoyed it it's another vacation it's a vacation rom-com um and it's just very mainstream but also charming and very first world you know they're like in that movie they're like we're in bali you know it's like <laughs> it's like an i think adam Same sandler would have done yeah. yeah exactly exactly um but yeah that's uh marry me uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that was uh, I remember That's we your, talked your about that a one? lot in the early stages of 2022. I felt like it was like an anticipated one for many people. So but <laughs> for it's a while, it was the best now. movie I think I had seen at the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly number one. Yeah. Um, all right. It was back to me on 24 uh, as one you've you guys have both seen uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
it's my number 24. Uh, and yeah, I liked, I liked bodies, bodies, bodies. It was a, uh, sort of fun teen horror flick. Um, that I thought, uh, was very, uh, very funny. I've, I really enjoyed the sort of, uh, commentary on just like Gen Z and like younger millennials always right. like diagnosing right. everybody else as to like what their problem is. And, um, just kind of like the, you'll literally do this instead of go to therapy, like that kind of like, uh, attitude. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And the cast was great too. Uh, you know, Pete Davidson, Maria Bakalova from, uh, from Borat. Yeah. Glad she's getting more roles. She's, she's awesome. She's really great. Uh, Rachel Senat too. I thought yeah. she was the standout of this movie from Shiva baby. She's awesome. Yeah. too. Uh, yeah. So I, I like a lot of really great, uh, I don't know, young actors in this just ridiculous, uh, movie where I think <laughs> a lot of, a lot of funny things happen. And then I like at the end, um, you know spoilers where it's it's kind of all of this this sort of happens by you know mistake in a way and it's all right. just being sort of like shitty kids and uh um yeah yeah i just i just thought it was a really fun interesting uh movie um i would say there are movies on my list that are like below it that are probably that i think are definitely like better overall films but uh yeah i, I had fun with this one and yeah like yeah. fun brought it up basically yeah mm-hmm yeah, this one barely missed my list. Um, and there was one I I, I, I should have mentioned on my the best theater experiences because this was a great movie that played in a crowd, um, mainly because the script is so unpredictable and the lines are also just deeply quotable lines. So, um, so yeah, I had a great time with this movie. Um, and one of the, the best lines in this movie is when to, to, to be like meta is when they're talking about podcasting. <laughs> And Rachel right, said right. it's like ranting about how hard it is to book guests and like set yeah, up an RSS yeah. feed and yeah. stuff. Yes. I thought about yeah. us a little when yeah, they kept yeah. referencing the too. pod <laughs> as I was watching it and like really funny. Yeah. You gotta promote the pod and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, when she was talking about how difficult it is, she's like, you know how difficult it is to run a podcast. Yeah. yeah was, she's yeah, like yeah, in yeah. tears as she's explaining it. It's right, so right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> As we were just talking in the beginning of this episode about how difficult of a time we had the past couple of months trying to get <laughs> right, episodes right. together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was telling John like last time, I think which was a while ago, but I remember telling him like, Yeah, John, you know, the editing actually takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After John did it for so long and I now was like, you understand. Uh, yeah, when we had like three me, hour I, episodes. Yeah. I, you know, and John was kind of like yeah, <laughs> <They've> always <laughs> <took> a... <laughs> I love how in bodies, bodies, bodies too is that their their class system is not even like upper class. They're like absurdly upper class. Like they're in a mansion and like they're East Coast elites to the max. So right. it's like they're like abs- that kind of stuff. Yeah. Their absurdist you know behavior is really validated in that sense because like i think it's pete's i don't forgot whose mansion they're at but it's like stunningly big and it's like and they're all kind of part of that same same generation so yeah i like that stuff too yeah a lot of satires this year Um, yeah overall this is not gonna be the only satire on our list like very Mm. a year that and uh definitely um (laughs) better than last year because last year's satire was was like uh 
was like don't look uh don't look up and shit like that so i yeah, feel like yeah, this year the was <laughs> a little better with satires uh not the only one we'll mention but uh right yeah when i was watching this i felt like wow the satire has even become like it feels like more normalized this year and just how many there are and uh but yeah Definitely. bodies 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 is good um for sure uh and it, it just uh it just made my list as well yeah uh my number 24 is I'm, I'm sure you guys have this higher, so I won't spend too much time, but uh, the Northman, uh, Robert Eggers follow up to the lighthouse and the witch, the witch. Um, he obviously like most film fans. I'm a big fan of that guy um, and what he's contributing <laughs> to, to movies. Some yeah. would say he has a pretty solid fan base. Um but yeah, this was a great outing, a great expansion, I think, of his other work because he kind of he kind of went away from the surrealist horror realm and went more of sort of a fantastical um, right, right. exploration on like masculinity and, and family and, and sort of the thing about Eggers that really I've come to love is just his immersion factor of all of his movies, like really transporting you into worlds that have never been shown on screen, maybe since like the silent era of movies in the case of like Viking stuff. I'm sure there's like shitty sci-fi TV shows that depict um, Viking, the Viking period. Um, but, mm-hmm. but this movie, this movie was just ruthless and just gorgeously shot. Um, like most of his films are um, Alex Skarsgård is, one of the best actors up and coming actors we have. And he's just ripped to shreds in this movie. And like his physical transformation is absolutely just, just so cinematic, even like the, his character is just so big and boisterous and crazy. Yeah. yeah, um, Definitely. And, and yeah, in this movie, uh, I, not as captivating as the other Eggers movies for me personally, but this movie did have just like an exceptional sort of, uh, build of events towards the final set piece which is just the best so um yeah i mean that's another movie that i think unanimously people really really liked so um so yeah it it, it rules <laughs> yeah i'm starting to see there'll be a trend in our list in which you bring things up that are going to be brought up way later for me because you've seen a lot more films like yeah, that might i'll be, be talking yeah. i'll be talking about the northman way later um, me too. nice <laughs> nice but boy yeah dude like i feel transported uh more than probably any film this year i would say mm-hmm. if you were just gonna have a list of well never mind not more than any other film there's probably one other yeah, yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that one up because there, <laughs> but it is in the there's like two movies this year that transported me like I took a, a red pill or the blue pill or whichever pill it was, transported me more than anywhere where I felt like I left the Burbank cinema. I happened to both have seen both the two most immersive movies at Burbank uh, this year, <laughs> and yeah, the, the Northman, like it's all about the immersion and um. Yeah, I'm about and about uh, revenge and ang- and anger a lot of the times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and kind of yeah. the worthlessness of ha- of revenge kind of. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, kind that's of defining a- your whole persona as a human being. And the sadder, the more that movie goes on, the sadder Alex Skarsgård character sort of is presented. Yeah. And yeah. I love yeah. how it kind of just like 
he's just worthless by the at the end of the movie and it's it's just in in true yeah. robert eggers fashion like all hope is just gone at the very yeah, end right so. right that scene right, where yeah. he like leaves on the taylor joy yeah is really like uh like what the yeah fuck? yeah <laughs> uh but yeah this will also this is one of my favorite favorites of the year that will also come up and one of my favorite theater experiences yes um, yeah. yeah yeah and like you kind of said too like uh just the build up to it like it just had such great momentum the, the mm-hmm. entire time leading up to the end yeah um but yeah and if you want to hear more about theater best theater experiences go back and listen ah. to uh to jake's episode from last month too please do yeah yeah cool uh well it'll come up again two more times <laughs> <It will>. yes <laughs> <laughs> uh we're at me uh number Mm -hmm. 24 okay uh yeah we were talking about uh satires um my number 24 is the menu (laughs) (laughs) um which uh i really like Uh, i don't think i think this movie is one of those where uh like i get subjective in a way and i go like i wish there was this things about it that were better um, and it would have been even like higher on my list. I would have liked it even more. But I, I do really like the menu, um, uh, mainly because uh, Ray Fiennes is like, yeah, you know, so well cast and is such perfection in his own world in this movie. I don't think the rest of the movie, uh, specifically maybe the rest of the cast, do I like as more as Ray Fiennes. Maybe I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I agree um, with that. Yeah. I feel like I he wish, was far and away like the most yes, compelling. Yes. I, I wish yeah. the ensemble in the menu was better because it's like the Knives Out trilogy. Like it's all about the ensemble and, you know, not just Daniel Craig. It's like Daniel Craig is traveling in this world, you know, but like it's about the ensemble of like in this case, you know, and Knives Out is more of a about the whodunit genre when uh, the menu is more of the menu had, like, I think the, the, the menu is following up a certain genre of films uh, that have been done. Not quite the whodunit, but more of the, like I guess, situational mystery thing. You know? Right. And like everyone going to an isolated place from an invitation and all like, it's kind of a very anonymous and you don't know what's, for what and why, why they've been chosen, but it's all been orchestrated, uh, that sort of thing. And um, I, I really love the idea of it so much. I love uh, how uh, uptight and perfectionist and creative uh, the whole chef world is with it. And I love how it's like, he's all like, you're entering my world. So you better act right, you know, because I'm giving you this food. But then it turns out, you know, like small, small, odd things happen. Like, you know, hey, we're not getting any bread. Like, we're only getting the toppings for bread. Like, give us some bread. And then it gets even more uh, real and violent and stuff like that. I like I like all of it. Um, I just wish the ensemble was better. I didn't find anyone super memorable in it. Uh and I think that's partially casting, partially the script as well. Um, and I just felt as when as it went on, it didn't have as much uh, to explore as I, I wish it went further with its uh, ideas. Um, yeah, but I, I like the ideas. I like how he's like, 
I've always served because I'm at the highest of the you know, profession. I've always served the shittiest and richest, richest of people. Like that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was gonna I s- like how dry and like dry and insane Ray finds too was like towards the right. end so when good. everybody kind of gets what's going on and he's like, you will die. Okay. You'll die. <laughs> yeah, like he's just so like blunt about it. it. I thought that was just a, a funny part of his character too, to this just right. like sick thing that was happening. Yeah. You like, right. finally exposes to, I think it was uh, John Leguizamo is like why he despises him. And it's just because he saw a shitty movie that he did on one afternoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's really great. Really. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of yeah. with Luke's opinion where there's no escalation in them. The escalation in that movie is kind of just flat, you know, where it exposes a lot of cool ideas about like the elite and the kind of uh, uh, the, the snobbish uh, 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 goer to like the sort of elitist uh, island of pleasure and they don't truly appreciate it. They just don't really say much with it right. later on. Right throughout the movie it's kind of and it tries to start it up because they have like oh we have the critics yeah you know? and then we have the guy like who the wall street this guy, guy more than anyone the wall street trio you know um right. they're fun archetypes but i agree like the characters don't stick out in my memory nah um, they're not super original yeah. you know but like it's kind of fun it is fun mm-hmm. to watch them be all commentating as the dinner's going yeah, on yeah. and they're like wondering what they're doing and stuff like that but yeah it's a fun ride for sure and and yeah. the direction's really good like the kind of the the shots of the food and sort of the the cleanliness right. and the perfectionism is really mm-hmm. put on yeah. display in the editing right. too Mark right. Mylod is a great. He he directs a lot of Succession episodes and stuff. He's like a really oh, great okay cool up cool. and coming director. So. Some I still haven't gotten into, but I'm uh, into. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's promising, you know. And the the movie itself is like really promising overall, you know. Nice. Yeah, I, I assume that's uh f- <laughs> way further down your list, but um yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's just you know different pots you know we're yeah, working yeah. with sort of for sure yeah <laughs> maybe in the grand scheme yeah yeah uh but yeah that's the menu all right moving on to number 23 uh fairly so i know this will be on luke's list um but uh and luke i remember once you first saw this you talked about it a lot but uh, my number 23 is elvis uh the Baz Luhrmann elvis movie and um yeah i i just got to this this past week i didn't get to it right away because I think we talked about this a little bit too, is I'm like, I've never been a huge like Elvis person. Um, I, I, I sort of like the idea of like, you know, the character of Elvis in. Yeah. Um, just, the I was, I was, I was genuinely a little surprised when I was like, <laughs> wait, jazz on Elvis, you know, but like, that's <laughs> not the biggest deal in the world. I think when I was younger, you know, I, I really was like interested by it, but then, um, yeah, no. As I as I got older, I got I got less interested in in him. But I think he is really like I didn't know a whole lot about his relationship with Colonel Tom Parker or um, just like much of his backstory at all. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy this, and I think Elvis is like the perfect over the top type of character for Baz Luhrmann's like style because totally. like who you know what yeah, other yeah. you know 
there's not many other people in the past hundred years. <laughs> the absurdity that been... of like the glamour and stuff yeah. and like the excessive shows and like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that and... was my, my favorite part of my favorite parts of this movie were just like the grandiose performances, right? Uh, the big giant Elvis letters and uh, right, right. just the, the live performance scenes, um, uh, you know, and later on were just uh, really just uh, incredible um yeah and yeah and yeah i i think we we also talked about this last year maybe i forget regarding what but um maybe like we were a little fatigued by music biopics or maybe just biopics in general <laughs> were like, we <laughs> I, I remember we talked about that was something but i can't remember sounds what it like it sounds like something that would happen we might have talked about like uh the queen movie or yeah or elton john movie or something like that but um uh but yeah yeah i i I enjoyed this for what it was. I thought it was, uh, I just enjoyed the spectacle of it. Um, and, uh, I also, I I thought at at first I just wasn't really gonna like the Tom Hanks character of Colonel Tom Parker, just because it was kind of distracting just, (laughs) and, and, you know, it's not, it's maybe not his fault because he's Tom Hanks, but I just like, this just looks so bizarre. Tom, Tom Hanks. Right. With these like prosthetics on and doing this ridiculous accent. But I think he's doing a a bit of a house of Gucci thing almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But as it, as it went on, I, 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 that really didn't bother me. And, uh, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Yeah. Yeah, tell us. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more later on too. Yeah, definitely a hell, uh, an epic that doesn't hold back, you know, with its energy <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. Right from the get go, and I like it. I, you know, I like it. I'm always, um, I love the transition, especially from like old Elvis to Vegas Elvis in it. Yeah, uh, a lot. And uh, yeah. I'm not like one who's too like, even though I've always liked Elvis. Like I've always had moments where I would listen to Elvis. Um, I've never been like one where I knew everything about Elvis. So like, I actually like learned a lot about uh, his life and how like kind of shitty it turned out to be, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, That's some of that footage of him. uh, Like as a side note, some of that footage of him, like in real life later in life in Vegas is like really uh just like heartbreaking to see uh yeah. like, i don't know if you guys have seen the video there's a video of him on youtube and it's like two months before he died and he's performing in vegas i forget what song right it's he- like his last performance of um i don't know the name the name but like i listened to this song a lot uh and yeah and he is kind of like collapsing over it as he's doing it yeah if you watch yeah. like the physical footage, like it's a great like track uh, to listen to on its own. Um, but if you watch, yeah, the video footage, it does look like he is in not good health yeah. and not good. He doesn't have good energy as he's singing it. Uh, yeah, it really has to yeah. get it out of him, and it's one of his last ones. Yeah, yeah. The performance very, was like a, like amazing for really good. Like, yeah, his condition and everything. Yeah, yeah. He but, he's uh, like very much yeah. a myth, like a, almost like a like a mythical figure. Or something totally. Like. The history of music which is like what i like about it and i think mm-hmm. the movie definitely represented it and uh austin butler damn like holy oh, shit yeah. he's so good incredible play it. and uh boy is he like such a cool actor to have around nowadays uh, and has i don't know if you saw his golden globe speech but he sounds like exactly like elvis in he real does. life yeah and i don't know if that's a deep voice if he's still in character or not but it's like 
the charm of Elvis is still lingering in his body. So it's right. pretty crazy. I think it's actually how he sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. It's all it's really and, crazy. Right. Um yeah, perfect yeah. casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one that barely made my list. I'm a big fan of Elvis as well. So (laughs) my list is just too fucking long is what I'm learning here. Um, Speaking of which, this is a movie that, man, in any any other year would be so much higher. And uh, I know Luke is going to talk about this one later, too. So I'll I'll be brief about it. But Avatar The Way of Water is number 23. and I tried to space out my blockbusters a little bit, so I didn't want too many crowded in the top 20 just to get a good mix of indies and and, and blockbusters. And having the biggest blockbuster in, of the year in there is, is definitely a necessity. So, yeah, I mean, what else could you say? Like, James Cameron pulled it off. He's He's kind of the most bankable Hollywood figure that we have. You know, he kind of... This was all sort of self... Uh, consumed by him you know it was all to create a world from nothing literally nothing you know like computer generated imagery from nothing is something you know a lot of us can't really fathom that and we, we have no idea how the fuck it even happens but to make it look that authentic and that amazing i know and i've heard a lot of like people in passing you know like i had a waitress at the at a diner last week and we were talking about it and she came up and was like i thought it looked like shit it felt like I was in a video game and I was just kind of like, you know, for most people, they don't really see the craft in, in, in a movie like that. They kind of just ha- on the surface kind of look at it. Oh, it looks kind of shitty, but they don't really realize, you know, the textures and all the amazing mechanics he did to make that movie come to life. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of criticism going around about that movie that were similar to the first movie where the story is very surface level and he kind of uses the same structure as the original film which also stole its structure from like pocahontas and the new world but i really don't give a shit because he's doing things cinematically that no other director can or tries to do you know um so yeah i had a great time with it the action's fantastic the the whale looks really fucking awesome um, <laughs> there's all these awesome whales yeah the, peak, the movie peaks with the whales better than the darren aronofsky's whale movie by a, a mile um and it's not even called the whale so yeah yeah definitely better than the whale i haven't even seen the whale the whale is gonna if we when we do best worst of the year i will talk about that movie um but but yeah and really expanded on the Sully family in a really profound way. And the move it's uh, James Cameron. The most important thing is he yeah, expanded on the f- Sully family, man. He really, really made you feel for, this, <laughs> yeah. for That's the what Sully we needed clan. Was more Sully's. Yes. Yeah. And if you look back <laughs> at James Cameron's work, you know, T2 is, is the core of that movie. And the emotional core is all about sort of that surrogate family feeling. Um, and I feel like he brought more of that back in, in, in the way of water. Um, so yeah, and I was, I was like emotional. Jack Dawson is Rose. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Family, you know, he's just, a sur- he is just Jack, but that's all you need when you, when you have <laughs> Jack Dawson. Yeah. And he always, always in every movie he's ever made manages to just get you deeply attached to the protagonist by the end of the movie, no matter yeah. what it is. So I don't know how he does it, man, but I, I, I really liked the way of water and, and yeah, like I said, you're going to probably bring it up later so yeah i mean i'm very much biased because i very much uh believe 
in James Cameron. So if you believe in James Cameron, it's really easy to like love Avatar The Way of Water. And if you don't aren't as much into James Cameron, I can see someone not really giving a shit at all because it is a very like fantasy world thing um, that is like very narratively narratively in a lot of ways is just not new at all and is also very just kind of a strange thing to immerse yourself in um but like james cameron has like chosen to work on solely this and it is very odd for like what you know like un, like an odd point in his career um but i have also watched interviews for instance where he like really you know where you kind of get more closure on why he's very into this. Yeah. And there's a big uh, humanitarian aspect and a uh, philanthropy aspect. Yeah. That is a part of it. And a big part of the like macro, uh, just macro view of the world in general. And um, like, I think the first avatar, he did a lot of outreach with third world countries after the release. And when you look at it that way, it kind of does like make you um, make me buy into it a little bit more that this guy has spent like 10 years working on building a CGI world and like thinking of a narrative for it um, and like just immersing himself totally in that. Um, it's kind of, it's just really fascinating and interesting. And uh, it does in the end show when you're watching it, you're like, Oh wow, this does look like it took 10 years to make. Um, and like I, when we were talking about the Northman earlier, the other most immersive movie is, uh, definitely the way of water. And I'd say it's a little more immersive than the Northman just because of that factor that it was. And it's 3d. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it's 3d and it's 3d. 3d, 3d. Well, it actually is really great. It's not like obnoxious, uh disney world 3d which is all about like i'm am i gonna get hit by something it's kind of just enhancing the uh cinematic experience that um the immersive cinematic experience like um you know being underwater and being around all these like very um very colorful plants and like species and stuff like that uh yeah the best analogy i heard about that big Jim when he was talking about making these movies is he wants you to feel like that there's no camera so if you were to right. turn yeah, if yeah, you were yeah, to turn yeah. around yeah. Right, right in the world of Pandora it's a full 360 viewpoint of this planet and like you're in the ocean with them and I 100% right. you right. know believe he pulled it off and again like you were saying like if you buy into James Cameron's sort of agenda as an artist and and a philanthropist right, which right, which right. is a good good point um you're gonna love this movie and if you're not and i totally get it then you're just not gonna give a shit and from second one of that movie you're kind of not gonna be as immersed as everyone else so right it, and, and a, i am about james cameron and i was still kind of like at the beginning i was skeptical you know i re- actually was i was like am i really gonna like this you know am i gonna care about it is it actually gonna be something amazing after all this hype um and i i was skeptical especially during the first act as i was like here we go more of this you know more of the stuff from the first one but as the movie goes on yeah. and like reveals itself and shows you the way of the water 
<laughs> you start mm-hmm. to like get it, you know, a little bit more and like, you know, he, he brings you into the world and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. This is amazing. John, did you, is it going to be on your list coming up? No. So uh, yeah, the reason I have no anecdotes to add is because I, my confession, I have not seen wave of the water uh. yet. And I was planning on seeing it in this past week, but I think I got to the point where I was like really fatigued of trying yeah. to get cram all these movies in that I knew I would get to it <laughs> eventually within the next uh, few weeks, probably. But right. uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm excited. It'll to see be it. there I, a while. It'll be there yeah, a while. Exa- and, I figured uh, it would be in theaters for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, but I do like I mean, I think James Cameron always he really gives a shit about whatever he's doing. Like he's not making <laughs> he's not spending all this time on like another avatar movie just because the first one made a boatload of money. Yeah. And so you like, he, you like all of these projects he works on like Titanic, like he's just so mm-hmm. obsessed about these different, yeah. whether it's yeah. like a humumanitarian cause or um, like world conservation, something historical anything. or like, yeah. yeah. Like the sci-fi aspect is very, where he started is very forward thinking, you know, mm-hmm. and it's always like, yeah, it always very much connects to real world things. Like, there's always themes that are like yeah. very important in them, you know. So that's yeah. why he's like the ultimate like great like you're like big Hollywood like he is like a Hollywood director, you know. What I mean, he is the Hollywood director a lot of the times for me. Uh, yeah, 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 and that's why I like I, I want to see it because I know he like uh, cares about how well like the the film's made and and what it. I guess the message is behind it. Yeah. Um, I will say in the past year, I did go on the new avatar ride at Disney world, oh, uh, which really was to. a very immersive, cool experience too. So I got like, like three minutes of what I assume uh way of the water is like, yeah. um, that sounds really Pandora. cool. That sounds really cool. I heard it's really dope. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, I don't know when you're even just like in the new Pandora world they made, it's like, you, know, you could say whatever you want about, I know, like Disney and the consumerism, capitalist monopoly, whatever you, know, you want to say, like they hire the best engineers of, you know, to, to do this, to create these like worlds. And uh, right. yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. So And the Orlando yeah. Disney, as we all know, does not hold back. Uh, yeah. with it does spares no expense like john as john <laughs> hammond would say yes on all of its like rides and its parks and its world so like yeah no you will have no hate for me on the orlando disney i'm sure that there's an avatar ride like that is much more scaled down in like the park here and yeah, down in probably. anaheim yeah but yeah. i still would go on it and be super psyched because yeah as yeah. i've stated i'm into this avatar stuff yeah yeah, so that's my review of the uh, theme park ride. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right. Um, my number 23, I will need uh, some help with the... Uh, definitely. Uh, so this is one where, Jake, I think it's going to be on your list much earlier. Um, okay. And uh, the Cinnabums uh, podcast did an episode featuring Jake and his buddy, uh, Lucas, um, on... This movie, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Crimes of the Future uh, by David Cronenberg, uh, which I'll say first and foremost, I watched this movie while like eating dinner after work, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of gross a lot yeah. of times. Um, Vigo's body is open, and you're eating yeah, Trader Joe's all, food. Yeah, yeah, and I will also <laughs> say, 
I very much respect. I very much respect this movie. I very much respect David Cronenberg, but I'm also not a guy who tends to be into the, a lot of the kinky sex movies um, that there are <laughs> out there. I'm not as into those as much as others, even though I respect them and I respect the craft of what they're doing in them. Um, I don't like, yeah, that's not John. I know there's a wide genre of that, especially like in weird horror stuff. And it's like, while I like, I've seen some of them and I respect them. They're not always like, I wouldn't say it's a genre where I'm always like looking for it. It's a lot totally of understandable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, like certain, then there's movies like Frankenhooker, which is a kinky sex movie, mm. which I definitely like a lot um, for sure. And uh, John and I talked about a lot of these during our, during the horror month or comedies sure. yeah yeah uh yeah yeah um but crimes of the future is like definitely very unique and definitely one of the most more respectable movies uh that came out of this year just in terms of like of prestige and stuff like it's david cronenberg and it's like yeah it, it's very good and also not entirely my thing at the same time but while mm. i will say this there's movies uh, like Paul Verhoeven's Benedetta, which a lot of people really <laughs> respected and liked that I did not like. You did not like it at all. At yeah. all. I But Crimes of the Future, I will say I liked. Benedetta, I did not like at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my, Fair not enough. my vibe, Benedetta. Um, but I put it in like similar, like Verhoeven and Cronenberg are like guys that... Um, they they're older they've been around they've already made so many crazy movies but they still are like pushing the envelope and doing more and getting just even weirder mm -hmm. and weirder by film and they're really doing a lot with the medium and having they have a lot to say um so that's like i would definitely i just i just respect crimes of the future for that yeah i'm glad you guys both uh watched this one actually prior to this list because we did a review and I think it was back in uh, September and it was hard to see that movie for a long time. And I think it dropped on Hulu. So people are getting more exposure to it, which is great. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, it's gonna be like much higher on my list because I, I absolutely love the movie. So I'll have a lot to say, but um, yeah, not not really clicking with everybody. The movie. Absolutely. Um, and partly because it's so grotesque and so provocative with its imagery and content um um but i'll say that i think cronenberg is in a stage in his career where he's not too concerned with plot and um necessarily connecting to people's perception and how movies are supposed to be i think i kind of like how in his old age he really lets his movies breathe and just kind of live in this world and this sort of futuristic mystery um plot line that's not necessarily um, that it's not really the draw of the movie. It's more of the vibes and it's more of the, the archetypes and the characters he's kind of presenting to you and the ideas. So yeah, definitely one of the more challenging movies that I'll, I'll talk about more. And obviously if you want to, we have a review um, and that we did right, way back. Right, yeah. Right. Which was uh, the first ever non John and Luke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it was uh, oh, wow. 
I listened. I remember I listened to it in full, and I was like, "This is very refreshing to not hear myself yeah. on this podcast talking <laughs> up a yakking up a storm with John." <laughs> I thought it was also very refreshing to not hear you, Luke. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Crimes of the Future just uh, just missed my list too, and I uh, I'm feel like i'm similar to luke in the sense too i'm not always into that sort of like a weird grotesque like sex uh fetish stuff that you know in, in these types of movies and even some of like the sort of gross out uh stuff too i think i i tend to be drawn more to it if it's like used in a comedic way or like playful or humorous but uh yeah i still i still really really liked it and i just i'm glad that there are people like Cronenberg out there still making like specifically their like own like genre or brand of movies that um, is just weird, different. And uh, so like distinctly um, like one artistic vision. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, he's definitely like a director that I feel like anyone should just um, will be like compelled. Anyone who is interested in movies like, like we are would be compelled to just, see what he's uh cooking up uh so yeah definitely yeah, glad we got to talk about it uh well this one i kind of feel bad um as to how low this is on my list and it's not because you know there's so many movies that you guys that are ahead of this that you guys would probably roll your eyes at but um i think it was it, this is just like a personal preference of uh enjoyment of a movie not has no uh there's no criteria in terms of like quality of film uh, because my number 2022 is tar, um, which I know we'll talk about in part one of this episode. <laughs> Very in my head with that movie right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I even, I watched it last weekend, I think, and I still need, I think I still, you know, need some time to like really uh, contemplate, you know, the, the whole, message and, and theme of the movie which um i think this is like a, you know, a perfect time for a movie like this uh which you know everybody's talking about the the obvious you know cancel culture uh aspect of this movie and i think it's a really great character study on that um aspect of just the world we live in right now and just uh, you know observing a person going through this um who who can't come to terms himself with it but uh yeah, I mean, I feel like this is probably Kate Blanchett's, uh, you know, Oscar, like Oscar to lose in a way. I, I feel like she'll be a, a big favorite for that. Now that yeah. I can think of, um, off the yeah. top of my head, can't think of other performances, which I'm, I know there are. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, she was she was great in it. A really, really just intelligent, uh, thoughtful look into uh, you know, a scenario like this. Um, that that I think is really um, honest and it doesn't sugarcoat anything about what um, this is sort of how society has started to keep um, these like big genius uh, artistic people in check for some of the shitty things that they can do as, as people. Um, right. And yeah, then, yeah, I think this is one that I've just, maybe I, I just, I think it's, it's such a well-made film, but I just maybe wouldn't revisit it as much. Um, because some of that does, it, it reminds me, especially in the beginning, it reminded me a lot of just like these like Jordan Peterson uh, interviews <laughs> or something, you know, this person is just so up their own ass that 
uh, it's like insufferable to listen to them. Um, and, uh, but I think that was, I mean, just brilliantly done uh, here. So obviously, but I'm just sort of talking um, about the things that I, that I make me not want to like revisit it as much. Uh, yeah. Just you to, don't want to like live in this like snobby, right. really like very ultimate snobby world basically. Right. Yeah. And yeah. this is all just to justify why it is lower on my list, but still, uh, still obviously one of my favorites of the year. And um, I know we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it uh, down the road too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I personally liked the snobbiness because I've like, I felt it gave, you know, as like a script vehicle, it allows like really just well-written dialogue and well-written scenes to come out mainly um yeah i love living in like very not down to earth snarky kind of like people who are way too smart and up there like also up their own ass like she's very up her own ass in a way but it, it creates these like great scenes where they like how in like uh uh steve jobs uh there's a lot of just banter that like comes out as just like written so well that you're like, okay, no one would have said that like organically, you know what I mean? But I, I love like, I love heightened dialogue and heightened uh, worlds, which is what I feel like this movie is um, a, a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think those like the pretentious snob stuff is totally necessary for. Right. Uh, but I can also see and, yeah. definitely this movie was like dark and like, uh, fucked up a lot of times so i was you know as i stated i started my day mm-hmm. with it and it's <laughs> it's rainy here too on top of that so and like but i i think this film's a masterpiece at the same time mm-hmm. yeah yeah jake loaned me the dvd um <laughs> and uh it's a good it's a good one to own yeah uh, the menu specifically is very like oh really minimal, minimal uh, you haven't you uh watched it yet I have not. I, I literally got it in the mail like the day before you, I gave it to you. So I so the menu is very fitting uh, of for the movie specifically. Mm-hmm. It's like very minimal and artsy and also kind of scary. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really like no. Tar for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I, I'm going to save all my thoughts because it's really, really high on my list. So yeah, I, yeah it's, I know. it's high on Part my one, list too. I'm Part glad one you, of I, this episode we're going to talk about it for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you checked it out though because it's a challenging and somewhat punishing watch. So I'm glad you took you put the bullet there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of challenging and punishing, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this film, but uh, this is uh, a film straight to Shutter, so it's a genre picture. Mm. It's a somewhat of a horror thriller. It's called Resurrection, uh, starring Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. And oh, okay. this is a really, really wicked, fun thriller, um, basically about um, actually has some weird similarities to Tar in some respects. It's about uh, sort of an upper class woman played by Rebecca Hall, who, by the way, one of the best performances of the year. Um, she's insanely great. Um, she kind of uh, is ultra paranoid mother um, who has a really high paying job. And I don't want to spoil too much because this movie unravels in such a fascinating way. But 
Tim Roth is some figure from her past and he sort of just shows up and starts kind of like knocking down this house of cards that she sort of built for herself to sort of protect her, her ego and her, and her, and her daughter and all these really um, personal things. And, and the way this sort of unravels is just a brilliant sort of cat and mouse game between Tim Roth and Rebecca Hall. Um, and you guys mentioned grotesque body horror. There's a little, bit of that sprinkled into this movie so it kind of uh elevates it to more of a genre movie um uh but yeah this was just a great fun uh somewhat bleak very bleak uh watch and um if any of you guys have shutter out there it's it's free on there um but it's definitely worth the rental it's it's the performances are just top notch the filmmaking is really unique um really distinctive um kind of like you were saying about tar um, and it's just sort of about this bravado of being a woman in 2022 and sort of the sacrifices you have to make to keep to make to maintain your sanity and make sure you're safe um, in this kind of just punishing, changing world that we live in. So, um, so yeah, uh, Resurrection is is a really, really fun little thriller if you're looking for that. Nice. I don't think I've even heard of this one. Nah, me neither. Uh, me neither. Yeah. But it sounds good. I mean, Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth and Tim Roth is um, such a slimy, creepy. It's like some of the best work he's done, like in forever. So, if you if you're a fan of those guys, you know, as performers, I highly recommend it. I forgot that like Shutter has its own like originals, uh, too. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I missed the days. I remember. And like the during the height of COVID, they had some like special deal and shutter, and I got it for a year, and mm-hmm. I I missed that. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, cool. I, I might remember you reporting on like I watched this on Shutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, John's watching Shutter sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's now there's just so many there's just so many streaming services, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I do miss all the the cool lesser known stuff that's on Shutter. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. My number 22 is uh, Pixar's Turning Red. Um, nice. Which is a good one. It's like them continuing to expand on uh, a lot of different things in human and child, specifically this one, childhood um, psychology. Um, and uh, just also very pro, pro like, like them all continuing to push the progressive side of uh, all these things that they want to uh, basically, you know, really feeding, you know, directly, but just like a good message um, for the new generation and good things for kids to grow up with. Um, Yeah. I'm not like as a guy who biased grew up in the nineties, Pixar movies are you know, while still of high quality and very good for the world, they're fairly different. Yeah. Uh, so I don't like these. I'm not as high on these as other people. Um, I don't think they're like ones I will watch over and over again. Whenever I do watch them, I do think they're like very, just very good and uh, that they're always trying something different and expanding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like these. I think- these ahead, new Jake. Pixar, yeah, and I, I agree that like 
from like 94 and Toy Story to like late 2000s, that was like the golden age of just nonstop banger after banger. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the fact that Turning Red specifically and Luca, like they're very much uh, personal stories to the directors and writers involved. Like they're very, mm-hmm. and to see that translated to such high quality and such quote unquote prestigious animation, like that's pretty great to see. Um, and and turning red for me personally is probably my favorite of that new generation of like soul and Luca and all that stuff. So yeah, I like it too. Yeah. I'd say it's up there for me. I liked it more than soul felt a little more uh, like just personal. Yeah. More subtle subtle than soul um, Mm -hmm. for sure. Different Uh, tone too. It's more of like a high energy anime sort of tone, which is right. Right. Yeah. 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 This also just barely missed my list. Same. too but yeah it's still like uh pixar is still they're not doing maybe the most like memorable uh movies like they you know the uh, golden age of pixar i guess but uh there's still it's still like the most highbrow like intelligent of these family animated movies um and so, yeah yeah i really like turning red too yeah beautifully animated as always like it looked it mm-hmm. looked just incredible and don't they also have uh, that next one coming up in their trilogy? It's like kind of a trilogy of uh, <laughs> uh, like, oh, how yeah. does that trailer go? Jake, you would know as the avid, more avid movie goer, but it kind of ends and she's like, I'm like, they introduce each other and they both represent a certain yeah. like feeling or something like that. And um, it's more know, of a just... like broad, uh, really specific uh emotions that they're kind of tapping into yeah Um, it it takes place in like a really colorful like fantasy world um i haven't read that much into it but the trailer like the animation looked sick so i'm into it yeah they're kind of they're very consistent with their like agenda and mission right now yeah which is cool they're sort of tackling just different facets of childhood psychology which is cool I'm there for that, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I have two back to back here that I'm kind of going to kind of tie together uh, partially for the sake of brevity. Also because. Oh, cool. uh, There it's one year and we had uh, uh, a movie come out and then a prequel to that movie also come out. Um, So yeah, 21 and 20 for me are X and Pearl, the Ty West's movies um and i'm also very excited to see maxine the third movie in this uh this world that'll come out in 2023 i think yeah um but yeah this is sort of i guess ty west and mia goth's um sort of creative uh project together and uh jake i'm sure you have a lot to say about it i know you're um our horror expert uh, on the cinemas here <laughs> but uh yeah i x I thought was um, really interesting story. Uh, both of these movies are kind of like nostalgic for um, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, these like older, yeah. older horror films and just older, you know, uh, cinema scope or whatever uh, as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought these both have like sort of distinct looks and feels to them, but they're in this, this sort of same uh, world about them, about <clears throat> Pearl and, uh, uh yeah yeah i just found them to both be like really refreshing and um 
familiar, but also like they're doing something new that is, uh, I think, unique and uh, both very like uh, fun um, types of horror movies too. And Pearl is almost, uh, you know, not as much of a, of a horror movie, but um, doing something really interesting with this character um, that they created too. And, um, and, and really just showing uh, how she becomes, you know, sort of obsessive with, um, herself and then like mm-hmm. sexuality and and it just totally is it's just a perfect prequel to how you can then see why her character is the way she is in X um, where she's like you know fucking the scarecrow uh, in the beginning <laughs> sorry sorry spoilers there but uh, um, yeah yeah I really enjoyed both of these and especially I mean Pearl I, I just loved the way it was shot too just the, yeah. the colors are just popping so well and um and even both there's so many uh the cinematography in both of these i found really interesting too yeah um and and it's really just uh mostly this one location um too but still we're able to make it really interesting and uh and yeah mia goth is uh incredible both uh as her, her character in x and playing uh the older pearl and then the younger pearl and pearl um, unreal yeah yeah i thought she was she was really great and uh so yeah yeah i'm excited to see uh the third one come out this year yeah maxine yeah these uh, fuck again both pearls my number 27 and x is in the 30s somewhere and i i really really enjoyed both of those movies i don't know if you guys have saw house of the devil which is ty west like sort of breakout I've movie seen that i haven't yeah. seen these yeah that was yeah really good too I, yeah you've seen that um that's like that's one of my favorite horror movies of the century. So um, I've been I've been a fan of Ty for for a while. So to see him come out with like two consecutive A24 produced horror movies that kind of give him free reign to do like like you said, like that grindhouse Texas chainsaw kind of crowd pleasing slasher in the first one. And then the second one go full on character study, character study with like a cinemascope look. It's just really refreshing to see not only a, an original horror trilogy, but one where the timeline's out of order and like it kind of informs you about certain things when you rewatch them. Like it's a cool little world that Ty West has built. So, um, and like you said, Mia Goth is border borderline Oscar worthy for Pearl, if you ask me. So, uh, glad you brought those up because I want I definitely was dying to talk about them. They're not going to be on yours. No, they they both just missed it, dude. I, yeah, they're both great. The thing I hear about these a lot, even though I haven't seen them yet, and makes me feel like I really should watch them, is when people say, uh, I, "I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's always Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Yeah, or that's something. maybe yeah. you to, maybe you told me that once, John. That's what, too. That's uh, what X is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we so talked about hear, X at some point that, last year. I'm like, oh, shit, I should really watch yeah. that. You know, I'll get, I'll yeah. get there. It's got Kid Cudi as the porn star and Jen Ortega. Yeah, the cast is great, great ensemble in uh, in X. Yeah, absolutely. And then Pearl is like very much carried by, yeah, uh, Mia Goth. But uh, yeah, man, it's I just uh, I most recently saw Pearl uh, like just in the past couple weeks. But nice, uh, yeah, I don't know, just the look, the look of it. Her gorgeous. look too, just uh, mm-hmm. I don't, 
you know, and, and the very end, this isn't really spoiling anything, but it's just the very end, that look that she has on her face and they just stay on her the smile. Yeah. That is just, it's just like the perfect way to end that. It is. Yeah. I don't, I, I feel like um, just because it, the, I feel like these types of movies don't get the like awards buzz um, that they probably deserve, mm-hmm. but and, yeah. So I, I feel like Mia Goth is definitely, like you said, deserves, um, uh, any acting accolades that you could get, but yeah, um, yeah, she'll probably be over overlooked. And she has that like ten to twelve page monologue right before that. Um, yeah, the, just a one shot on her, kind of just spilling her guts to that to her, like her cousin or something. It's just sister in law. Yeah, 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 just mind boggling how good it is. Um, yeah, and I've seen a lot of comparisons that are valid to, for Pearl. Uh, comparing them to like John Waters movies, like those mm. those seventies and eighties oh, yeah. kitschy horror movies about sort of middle of America and kind of commenting on just the absurdity of 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 living in small town America. So if you like that sort of stuff, you're gonna love Pearl. Yeah, and I I also just had to add I talked a little bit about like the cinematography, but there's some like wide shots in both of these movies that yeah, are just. Yeah some of the coolest things uh, that I've seen uh, this year. I don't know. Just thinking, I always think back on an X when there's that scene where the alligator is like oh, slowly, yeah. like weaving through the water while she like mm-hmm. just jumped in or the bird's eye like, shot when you, just, you yeah. kind of see the entire landscape. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. There are just so many shots like that where, um, yeah, it's just super wide and, and what's happening is like really small, but it just gives you uh, like these perfect, like tense moments. Uh, totally yeah totally yeah so that's my 21 and 20 that's cool that you got them back to back like that which one is 20 and which one's 21 i honestly went back and forth right before we started i put pearl just ahead of x but that could be you know recency bias exactly just watched it but i I really think they're like interchangeable that's why i i also wanted to put them like back to back too because it's a good call uh, i think i liked i like them both equally yeah i'd agree i'd agree with that nice it shows uh, they're each their own thing basically they're they're like yeah it's their one piece basically yeah yeah they're very they're very different from each other um yeah in, in a way too but um but yeah but yeah mia I mean, goth I, mia goth is sort of the through line like her presence kind of just makes it feel as one if that makes sense just because that character mm-hmm. is so rich you know um but yeah, I'll I'll do my number twenty one. Um, we talked about this on our best theater experiences of the year. Um, this is an early one, but still sticks out. Uh, Jackass Forever, um, which again, I would it could be higher in another year because this this movie is just the best. Um, I think you know it's it's hard to like intellectualize the Jackass movies and really say anything really smart about them or anything like that, but. I do. I the reason I love this movie so much uh, is because you do feel like I love the emotional attachment that these guys have for each other. I think is really special. Um, and this movie kind of felt like I don't know, like it's like a high school reunion or something. And these guys are just kind of connecting um, on the past and sort of all the crazy shit they've done for fame and all of um, obviously the trials and tribulations with drug addiction and and. Ryan Dunn passing away. So, and like 
having watched these movies over the years and when I was younger, of course, you know, you've, we do have like deep rooted love for all these guys, you know, despite what you're just watching them do is like straight up revolting and disgusting. But this movie of all the jackass movies, like I felt, you know, just so connected to all those guys in such a, in such a deep way. And that might sound ridiculous, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, um, and of course you got the new cast was just fantastic. Eric Andre showed up for a few segments, which was great. Um, um, and I forgot the girl's name, but she's so she's she was fantastic. Um, uh, Jasper, his, Jasper and his dad were like were yeah. so great <laughs> together with the the whole right. spi- the whole spider bit. Um, and this movie had some of the best stunts of any like m- maybe since Jackass Two, which is like the best one for stunts. But this one had like the cannonball, and they had the fu- the um, the uh, the the treadmill thing where you literally see them like break bones on it and like get like scars immediately so so yeah i have i have a deep love for this movie and i'm sure i'm sure you guys share that love because this 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 is like a movie that i wish in another world could get like a best picture nomination or something (laughs) because it just brought everybody together yeah, I'll try to intellectualize the Jackass movies real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like there's something psychologically. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but right, I'll say, yeah. Like when you're watching just people who don't give a fuck and like doing that, like there's something about people hurting each other for their for that is for your benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you feel, I don't know, less like worried about the little things and stuff like that there's just some about watching these stunts that's very therapeutic i think um and watching these guys who are just so who get off on just doing these crazy things and uh i think each movie kind of has that same mission and like i don't know i feel like they have that mission of like freeing people from concern and uh this movie as they're doing it each movie kind of ups the ante in a way and like uh to see them do it again, I just was like, just so great. And uh, like very, it's like very triumphant to watch them do it. And, uh, and like to make so many people like laugh and forget about things for a while. Like they're just, yeah, what they do is like really great. And I like, not for myself, but I believe in what they do to themselves. (laughs) I would never, you know, for me, I believe in watching what they do. (laughs) Yeah. I think like a big reason we watch obviously is because of the crazy shit they do, but we also like the characters like these people we care about. And we see like in this one way more than the other ones, I think is just, you see like the camaraderie and the love they have for each other. Yeah. Which is like a sweetness to it. You know, it's like heartwarming, you know, like I was, I cared so much about this guy who they call poopies, (laughs) you know, he's like, he's such like a, I don't know, just a likable guy. Like, I, yeah, like you said, all the new people were great too. And, um, but like, even, you know, something goes wrong and they're all checking on, on, on Johnny or whatever to make sure he's okay. Like they, yeah. they really care. They want to, they want to do something really, they want to up the ante and do something crazier than they've ever done. But they also still like care about how everyone feels about it. And, and just, um, yeah, I think, just seeing the camaraderie between them is really is really nice too. It's just nice to escape and see these crazy lunatics do these ridiculous things. Um, yeah, but still, but it's not. Um, there's no. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? There's no like cynicism behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
no yeah somehow yeah it's like very uplifting always yeah no matter you know they're kicking they're like, it's like rolling a bowling ball yeah. at their friends yeah because they create still... such a fun environment you know they yeah. really are yeah they create such a f- fun environment out of it and we our generation has really like grown up with these guys too mm-hmm. like, totally yeah when mm-hmm. we could first like watch sort of like dirtier things on tv or uh, you know this that's right when, like, it Jack was one of the, the show first was things on. right yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, MTV in its heyday. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. watching there's watching rewatching the first two movies. Like, those clips were just everywhere. I remember, like, everyone was showing each other like clips. Like, I remember like Steve-O hooking his mouth and stuff. Like, people would show you, and you just yeah. get completely freaked out by it. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think it's great that they came back to do. I don't know how many, how much more we're going to get from these guys, but just the fact that they lay it on the line and create, you know, you know, just up the ante creatively for how they're going to keep fucking themselves up. It's just so, like you said, heartwarming and just really wonderful to see. So and yeah. just a great time at the theater as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there really, it was <clears throat> such a great scale of uh, just like how many stunts there were and how crazy, um, they all were, you know, like they really do shoot a lot of stuff in order to get it down to where yeah. it have the final product and to have that many just great stunts in a row that kind of all have a eventual flow and an end to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I meant by intellectualizing. Like there's a there's there is a rhythm to these movies that works. Just, right. I don't know how the fuck they do right. it. Like, the way they there's a weird like together. narrative through line yeah. to it almost. Because like what John said about of Johnny getting hurt, like there's a, a real emotional like moment in that movie that kind of takes you out of the stunts and that creates like a diff- different rhythm in the movie. So there's like little stuff like that. And, you know, seeing them just talk behind the scenes and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a special one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glad we glad we talked about it. it's worthy of uh, this list. Absolutely. My number 21 is uh, Deep Water. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> ben Affleck and Arna, Ana de Armas and Lil Ray Howery. Directed by. Yeah. What Lil Rel was in this? I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> I totally yeah, forgot about that. I forgot about that too until I read it, but I thought um, by reading Real Lil Rel. Uh, Howry out would make it feel oh yeah he's more Ben's, worthy yeah. of my number 21 i guess um helps but, the clout yeah. but like in all yeah exactly but in uh i did uh, i enjoyed this movie i i really uh i kind of just what it was doing i kind of got it i was like wow this is like the most disgusting piece of shit couple ever <laughs> to the point of it being a uh, comical and i thought it was funny uh just uh how absurd this whole the whole situation in deep water is between <laughs> this couple um and I, and I and i thought on top of that they picked a, a great couple of doing it like a ben affleck and anna de armas is a very absurd couple um real life couple uh, for a while oh, yeah that's right that's yeah. why they got, they? at the time yeah. they got casted it while they were a couple yeah and then they broke up so now it's just weird it is that is very weird this movie is also very weird <laughs> on top of it on top of it all the different all the entire uh 
plot line and uh, situation going on here, but I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought Affleck and Ana de Armas are both very good in it. Um, sexy. They're both sexy. Yeah, it's sexy. And I guess it's a little kinky, you know, so I take back what I said. This <laughs> is the kink island, yeah. I love kinky then, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say about it. I saw it a while ago. <laughs> Had a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, Adrian Lynn is, this was kind of like a throwback to those like early 90s, uh, really sleazy uh, romantic thrillers like he Adrian Lynn did like Fatal Attraction and like oh. Unfaithful and that start, sort of stuff. So this movie was like kind of felt like a point in time, like those early, you know, basic instinct or something like that. Um, just really just awful people um, having sex with each other for different selfish reasons. So the gotcha. so, um, yeah, I had a good time with it, too. Like most people hated that movie, but I, I had a really fun time watching it as well. Also remade Lolita. Yeah. <laughs> Sleazy. Like I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sticks, sticks to what he knows. Hell yeah. And <clears throat> Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder seems like uh, yep, yeah, yeah. a left turn with the rest of his. <laughs> Very dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We're in the 20s. Oh, okay. 20s. So, yeah, I uh, Pearl was my 20. So, yeah, yeah I, I yield uh, my so time. So, back to Jake. Oh, okay. I yeah, yield. Yeah. I yield. I yield my time. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're getting to the, to, the, to the really good shit now. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, I uh, kind of had complaints about a lot of my movies as <laughs> I realized it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number 20 is Barbarian, which freaking rules. I love that movie. It's a great horror movie with brilliant escalation of the plot and of the, the intrigue and everything going on. Um, pr- it's a movie that preys on a lot of our deepest fears, kind of the, the unknown and the Airbnb location sort of thing. And that starts off as like a very relatable kind of prism for the movie. And it kind of delves into just whatever the hell it wants. And that's why I love that movie. Um, yeah. It, I, uh, the performances for for horror movies like the performances are just extremely memorable especially my man justin long who i'm sure has gotten a lot of love on this podcast before because you guys did the accepted episode um to see him back in acting form in a movie this bad shit and bananas was was definitely a big treat um yeah and this movie like more than most movies this year psychologically fucked with me more than a lot of other movies and just in the fact that you just don't know what's going to happen in this movie like it's so subversive um and some of the best tunnel shots in cinema in my opinion some of the most eerie terrifying those are the yeah those are the tunnel shots to me yeah they're (laughs) like just so unsettling and um and seeing this i don't know if you guys had the pleasure of seeing this in the theater but the no, initial initial buildup for the lead character as she's she she goes down into the tunnel the first time you, i looked around in the theater and most people were just clenching and like not watching the right. screen because it was yeah. so 
so unsettling. I, I was. I, I it was. Um, yeah. And and it kind of builds to sort of a comedic absurdist payoff, which is like what John said. He kind of gravitates more to like the the comedic parts of of really you know fucked up imagery, and that's kind of what it was for me. Um, and then one of the best hard cuts in cinema of the year to Justin Long driving yeah. on on in in Los Angeles, and he gets canceled. It's just it's just one of the most enjoyable movie experiences I had of the year. So I had to put it in the top 20. Yeah, this is definitely, um, this is also on my list um, a little bit higher up. Loved it too. I, and I, I love the various different misdirections in it. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. That hard cut to Justin Long in LA is like, what, what is happening? Now? <laughs> what like, am I watching? Yeah. Totally new movie. But then I thought it perfectly like weaved itself together into the, first part of the movie and um uh and yeah i thought it was a nice uh this is like i don't know just like a nice original uh story again by like with uh jordan peele this is also yeah yeah like sketch comedy guy coming to do horror what is kids uh, you know yeah yeah zach krieger and um yeah those tunnel scenes i remember i think luke and i talked about this when we first saw barbarian but like the tape measure scene yeah, uh, it was, yeah, I thought yeah. that was so creative and, and interesting. It's both hilarious and doing the eye cover shit. Yep. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was doing both at the same time. Yeah, Kreger has an amazing visual sense, like the mirror sort of peering into the dark space, and like, and you don't, you can't see it as well as she can, and then she uses the tape measure to sort of, and like, it's just like bound. It feels like there's boundless like space in front of her, and like that's really hard to to pull off for especially for like a first time director from comedy it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. yeah i will say the only thing that would make the movie accepted better would be <laughs> if there was a barbarian there oh yeah, yeah, when they for, yeah. he <laughs> chases the an- to up yeah. the annie you know like chases lewis black down the, the hall or something. yeah <laughs> be like that- you know the parent it's parents day barnaby's like Barley of his parents, like, where are the kids? <laughs> Find the tunnel. <laughs> they're, Dad, they're in the it's basement. Not a real college. Yeah. It's not a real college. This yeah. is this basement we just found. There's a lady in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to see the accepted That's a good barbarian crossover. crossover. <laughs> Maybe we'll pitch that to Zach Krieger. That just makes sense. <laughs> uh but yeah, I'll be, we'll be uh talking about barbarian more uh not a little sooner than the rest of the ones that Jake's brought up. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, so it's me now. Number, uh, 20, 20. All right. Mm-hmm. My number 20 is also a very, at times, not as much as barbarian. Cause barbarian to me is the ultimate edgier seat movie of this year almost. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, this movie gets pretty edgier seat at times. It's a, uh, uh, black phone. Oh, um, nice which uh, I will watch this past week during my cram um, is this movie is very good. It came out in June or July. I saw it this week, um, but it is very good. And uh, I, I do, I just liked, I dug the whole concept of this, of like the abduction with the black phone, hearing kind of the spirits of all the kids who have been abducted here um 
uh like this movie's based off a short story i'm pretty sure if like you read the short story that's probably the i can see that being in like a literary form like something like this of just yeah you know the phone being a central piece and I know there's like the very haunted nature of this abduction that makes it uh, kind of different. It feels like um, an R.L. Stein book I read like when I was in middle school, like <laughs> sort of the mm. the dead kids being accessed through a phone, being kidnapped, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and then his sister yeah. having that like uh, the vision to that yeah, whole yeah. world and stuff like that. And uh, and then the fact that, you know, Ethan Hawke's like, brother is there in the other house and just like all the little subtle things that made this very unique and different uh and uh yeah i I really i enjoyed it it's very um more than like scary i would say this is just an interesting like take on like on Mm -hmm. like abduction you know i thought it was uh but uh, not to say that ethan hawk isn't like very scary in this a lot of the times uh he definitely was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, don't see his face really at all. If I yeah, remember, yeah, 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 definitely not. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I like and and also the era uh, it's in the uh, yeah, like the seventies or and the music and the vibe that it kind of gives to that. Yeah. I like I like the play on that as well. Some uh, dazed and confused needle drops in the movie. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there were some good needle drops. Yeah. Fox on the run. Yeah. Also, I will say this. Uh, there is a lot of bullying this year in cinema. <laughs> uh, a lot of bullying. A lot of child on child bullying. Um, and there, that's in this movie, too. I Black think phone. There's had, a couple others. Yeah. Some gnarly fight scenes with kids. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple other uh, bullying movies that we'll get to. But a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. It's a good one. We're on to 19. Yep. yep. And uh yeah, this is one uh <laughs> I'm kind of regretting putting this one where it is <laughs> because we the ones I just talked about on my list, I think I liked more. Um oh, wow. but uh yeah, and we already talked about this, so I won't say too much, but it's the menu. I have the menu at 19 ahead of Pearl X and Tar. <laughs> but hey it'd be boring you know if i just if i just put tar ahead of all those you know <laughs> yeah um, i get i get the choice yeah yeah i think after i was talking i was like remembering everything about pearl and x that i liked um and then we were talking about the things about the menu which yeah and uh, i had, like i said i had nothing but complaints about menu. yeah that was just yeah. us so we were, we were kind my of number, shitting on it my number it's still in the top 25 film. yeah <laughs> yeah it's still in the it's, top it's a good movie yeah yeah it's a good one um yeah but i yeah i had a lot of fun with it but i i will say um like another movie that you also mentioned that i'll talk about later on my list i felt like the ensemble was maybe underwhelming but um i did really like i mean i loved ray fine's performance in this i thought he made it and um and then i did like the nicholas holt character and his uh you know the relationship with anya taylor joy and and that whole reveal and just his pretentious uh yeah just douchebaggery of uh of who he was and um uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed a lot of the the dark comedy aspects of it too, and like I mentioned before, just the very blunt dryness of uh, of Ray Fine's character. Just, you will die. It's just like <laughs> I don't know. I just I found it really 
enjoyable. It's um, like you're not supposed to be yeah. here, but you will still have <laughs> yeah. to die. Yes, with a, in a different yeah. way. <laughs> I think he asked so what like where did you go to college? He's like Princeton. I'm sorry, you're gonna yeah. have to die or so. And he's like student <laughs> student loans, and she's like, no, that's like, what it was. You yeah, will yeah. die. Will yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah those I like bit, that. Yeah, you know? just uh, I think there are other movies like this this year too, where it's um, you know, just these uh, affluent people and just like shitting on them, and, and yeah. yeah, that satire, um, taking a like realist look at at these people. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and um, and yeah, I thought the ending was was fun too. I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, what happened to Anya Taylor Joy at the end? Like, you know, I'm glad she had that moment um, mm-hmm. because Great she final was shot, really, yeah. she was really fucked by the whole thing. Uh, that wouldn't so, have been fair. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, yeah, I thought the menu was, was an interesting, interesting movie, and I I totally want to see you know more. I would see more stuff like it, just those those dark comedies like it. Uh, totally. So yeah, yeah. The, the more I talk about it now, the more I'm, I'm validating myself and putting it where it is. You're but, back in place. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good. So yeah, that's my number nineteen. Good. Nice. My number nineteen is another movie. I don't know if y'all have heard of, but came out really early in the year. Uh, it's called After Yang. Um, mm. directed is that with heard Colin about Farrell? this one. It's Con Farrell. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, this is directed by someone I really, really admire. Named is Koganada, and he does a lot of like visual essays online, sort of of classic film. Um, and he's he's kind of um, he's more of like a visual artist. He's a and he's kind of transitioned into directing in the past few years. And this is sort of his follow up to uh, Columbus, which is another great uh, independent film that came out in, like 2017. But this movie is really, really good. It's um essentially about a family um, led by Colin Farrell, who's sort of like a tea expert. And he has a lot of great anecdotes about why tea is so great. Um, And (laughs) they sort of adopt an AI robot um, that you, and they, that used to be the brother of their young daughter who is also adopted. So they want to replace that void in their adopted girl's life. Um, but the robot, this isn't a spoiler because this is literally the beginning of the film. He he kind of develops feelings for another girl and leaves. Um, so the movie's kind of Colin Farrell trying to comfort his his uh, adopted daughter about loss and also tried to find the robot. So it's a great little take. On, it kind of reminded me of like AI in a really, really, really less existential um, uh, approach and much more calming um, this mm. movie is very zen and very beautiful and really quiet. Um, and in terms of like Colin Farrell is the best example to describe this tone because he's he's locked into this very just humble and sort of um, uh, uh, comforting persona, which is a great sort of contrast to like he played the penguin this year and he was in Banshees of Inner Shearing, where, which is much more cutting edge. Um, and this is just a movie that breathes and it's really calming and it's 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 kind of a uh, like Koganada's like video essays that he puts online, like very therapeutic. Um, uh, and that's solely why the movie exists. And that's why 
I think it's 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 great that it exists. Um, and it's definitely more of an underrated movie that came out this year. And I hope people check it out, uh, especially because Colin Farrell is getting all that Oscar buzz for Banshees. And this was another just great Colin performance. Yeah, what a year yeah. for Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah, great, great year for Colin and sort of that Colin sans like there's a Brennan Fraser sans and the Bacata sans and. Now we got a Colin Farrell sans. <laughs> it's all these sanses. The yeah, <laughs> I've always been a Colin Farrell guy, obviously. And he always has been a great actor in terms of, like you're saying, like he he like can create a vibe or a mood. Like he goes, if like you're trying to set a tone, like that's yeah. very specific for your movie. Colin Farrell is like a great guy to run that through exactly um, so yeah this sounds like definitely it would be my thing so you guys I'll, would both you would both really enjoy it yeah i was liking everything cool. you were saying about it so yeah i'm i'm not familiar with uh this koganata guy at all either so i want to just yeah you talk about it like his video essays too it makes me want to check those out he too. is he is like things on wes anderson and link later and kubrick um all, all on his vimeo page and i'll sometimes watch those videos when i'm like trying to relax or so so oh, big fan cool. of that guy cool so yeah uh, my number 19 is glass onion uh yeah I, I i so i like glass onion very much so i don't like it as much as the first uh knives out but i, I definitely like it and i have no huge corals uh like with it i thought i enjoyed the change of scenery uh i like edward norton's very rich uh gong gong every whatever hour it is like the philip you know, glass thing yeah yeah, yeah the, the thing was like philip glass designed it um mm. yeah like i i do like the new and I, I like the new ensemble in this i i don't like like it's definitely you know you know, definitely, you know, moving it forward. Um, I felt it was just more predictable than the first one, I think, a little bit. Um, I, I could agree, yeah. Specifically, yeah. Uh, the Ana de Armas original, uh, I guess you could say protagonist in this one that, you know, is, is you know, like, I, I believe that was a more, uh, I don't know, like, it, it, it was a great, like, surprise in the first one, and it also was, it just wasn't as easy to see coming, and uh, I just, like, I thought it was, a, like, a more repressed, hidden, but, like, just very good, like, uh, hidden protagonist, I, I guess you yeah. could say. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is a, just slightly higher on my list, but totally agree, it didn't... Uh didn't grip me as much as I love the original knives out. And I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but the, like the ensemble really makes or breaks it. And I, the ensemble was so great in the first one. I loved yeah. all the characters. You could tell like what their purpose was, what their intentions and like motivations were. Um, and, and this, yeah. I felt like everyone was a little more it one. Note. Pales a little bit more, just a little yeah. bit more. And I'll say it hurts probably hurt that i didn't see this in a theater i was I gonna say yeah this yeah. is another one that played really well with the crowd you know like each i, I saw the first one in the theater yeah same yeah, yeah. glass yeah. onion has a lot of like subversions you know that kind of like to make you go ha 
you know, and so there's a lot of people just kind of hying together, which was great. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was. See, I was hying to myself. I was like, what am I doing? And Daniel Craig is just <laughs> Daniel Craig is just has so many great anecdotes of that movie that you're kind of just like knee slapping. So we're all knee slapping, you know, it's that sort yeah. of group yeah. experience. Yeah, <laughs> right. Him and Hugh Grant are like a couple and stuff like that was great. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I'm not like, why did he make another one of these? You know, I I, I, yeah. I still like Ryan Johnson. Keep making more if you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love the fact that that. Yeah, it's like the perfect structure for a franchise, really, you know, and getting gaining new ensembles and new locations and new plots. It's just it's just a perfect setup, really. Right. Yeah. I, I also listened to my first ever like and you guys probably have done this already. Uh but I, my first ever Ryan Johnson like interview because mm. um, he was on WTF and yeah, uh, it was a good interview. Yeah. A lot of people, there's yeah. a lot of people who really like Ryan Johnson. And then there's all those like bros who are like Ryan Johnson's like so weird. You know what I mean? Last Jedi stuff. Yeah, yeah. The last, yeah, yeah. exactly. The bros are like Ryan Johnson's like such a nerd. And I'm like, and I listen to it. I'm like, I like Ryan Johnson and I, I definitely could see why they're like, you know, he is definitely a nerd, but I like very I nerdy. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. He's very nerdy, but like in the, in a way I really like, and I'm like, and I want nerds like Ryan Johnson to be directors, you know, they should be, you know, he's yeah, very like I, a, enduring, you know, just, yeah. Cause he just yeah. goes for it every time and he doesn't really give a shit about the reception of anything and just kind of does his own thing and creates his yeah. own project. Yeah. So I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen some like criticisms of his uh, just comedic taste or like yeah, the humor yeah. in some of them, which I can I I, I get like it. it is a little dorky or uh, you know mm-hmm. maybe easy, but yeah, it's all it's it's also endearing, like you said, Jake. Like uh, yeah, he just seems like a very down to earth, normal guy making these movies that uh, that people want to see, and uh, that, that yeah, I think he's he's not this like crazy auteur uh mm. you know um psycho uh creative guy that's gonna you know make these things to really um divide audiences like yeah i, I like what he's doing and i want to see a thousand more of these daniel craig knives <laughs> out movies um yeah to see him fun. back is so good and I, yeah. I remember and it's so great so when good. he's like immediately uh like he gets in Edward Norton's like crazy office and he's immediately <laughs> like, he's immediately like picking apart the plot of the mystery. Yeah. And I'm like, and once it starts, um, I'm like, Oh, here we go. I love, you know, like, <laughs> like I love this. Yeah. His, di- his dialogue is almost like musical the way he delivers it. Cause it's just so, yeah. It's such yeah. a funny, hilarious rhythm to the way he just like, when he starts deconstructing the mystery, you're just like, all right, here we go. And you kind of lean in. So he's, He's always been like the saving grace to like keep these movies afloat, in my opinion. And Ryan, of course, Ryan's For such sure. a great craftsman sure. too. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So now we are on to eighteen. Uh, my number eighteen. This was like maybe the first twenty twenty two movie I saw. Um, but it's Kimmy, the Steven Soderbergh movie. That is my maybe- number eighteen, John. Nice. Oh. Uh- synergy yeah nice uh okay okay minds think <laughs> think alike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i wouldn't say great but yeah uh I, this might have came out in january 2022 um yeah or it came out very early kind of like um not with a whole lot of like 
um, it's low key, kind of like it's low key marketing. released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's straight to HBO Max, I think, without like any yeah. any yeah, previews right. or anything. I kind of like that about Soderbergh too. I, he just kind of he just does things, and he's not. I like, like how he doesn't market himself. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of that is a cool thing to not. Uh, well, yeah, yeah I like. To not worry about necessary. it, you know, he keeps yeah. his nose. I'm going to make another one, no problem. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand yeah, it's yeah. it's necessary for a lot of people. Like you have you have to, but yeah, I just kind of like he just seems like he does what he wants to do, and it's always like uh, you know interesting or different. And um, I think we talked about this early on uh, too after it came out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I really really liked Kimmy. It, it is like a, a low key. Um, Hitchcockian um sort of yeah, mystery thriller Palma, yeah but modern because like modern, the computer yeah. hacking stuff yeah, the fact, yeah. how she how obsessive she is with being indoors and yeah uh like and it, 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 it like married the like uh where there's like some movies uh like that Anne Hathaway one on a some oh, like COVID, yeah movies, yeah yeah that terrible like, movie I don't want to I don't want to like we lived through that like like we were right. still living through that. I don't want to see that shit, but right. this, it took like the real aspect of it of like, I'm, uh, you know, a lot of us, almost everybody has probably has a little bit of agoraphobia getting back into like the real world. And I know I did once I had to stop working from home. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just like, like I have to drive 20 minutes now. Like that seems insane to me Yeah. after yeah. spending so much time at home. So yeah. And I thought that really, the, her you know the character of kimmy that was really portrayed well uh through her and uh yeah yeah just a just a, a good interesting uh interesting movie that uh yeah I, i'm glad there are people like steven soderbergh making uh just sort of whatever they want like this um, today yeah. is actually the date of this recording is actually steven soderbergh's birthday so happy Shout birthday out. to to the man who never there's your number eight, you get number 18 <laughs> yeah congratulations that's so fitting though because most of his movies if you were to rank them in a year it'd be like in the always top, there yeah, yeah 18 like right or, there yeah i always yeah. like them just as much as this you know yeah like like this one <laughs> i always know consistent. how much i'm gonna like him. he's so yeah. consistent it's it's scary yeah yeah. yeah 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 but his next movie um there's a chance it could be in my top five um, when it magic comes mike out. yeah yeah because oh. that movie looks very um <laughs> like very courageous and heroic for sure it's capping a trilogy so it's there's gonna be a lot of nothing yeah. is left out on um, the on the stage yeah but yeah kimmy man like on top of the fact that like as we said it's relatable to agoraphobia which we talk a lot about on the, on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's like in That's Charlie Brown. Yeah. You have agoraphobia. Do you think you have agoraphobia? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but like, not on top of uh, being like uh, a very relatable, like a movie that you can somewhat relate to, um, if you're a person who has trouble leaving the house at times um, in the modern age. Uh, on top of that, it works very well in like just the thriller uh, uh, with thriller genre conventions uh, that were like, we were talking about with Hitchcock and De Palma. So it's like that dual threat that uh, Kimmy has, which is why I liked it uh, so much. Soderbergh's been always really good at portraying paranoia, especially like with contagion and like unsane and movies like that. Cause there's like a minimal minimalist style he has that kind of translates well to that alienation feeling i feel like and 
I think he heavily relates to people like that because he's like a recluse, just man who's obsessed with the craft of films and watches. Yeah. I don't know if you guys see, he always publishes a list of the movies and TV shows he watches every oh, yeah. year. And it's always yeah, just obscene. Yeah. He watches mm-hmm. like two movies a day while making other movies. So I just, he's just a fascinating guy. And yeah, and I like how it translates to his movies. Yeah, definitely. He's a he's a filmmaking hero always. I've, I will. We always sing the praise of that guy um, on here and in life. I feel absolutely. Um, yeah, is it going to be on your list, Jake, Kimmy, or are we no, speaking for no, it? no? You guys are speaking. It's it's sometimes it's I gotta just ask because I, I don't know if it's. <laughs> Like, I don't it's, know. Is even glass onion? Is it coming no, up on your list? No, no, no. Those are see, like, what the look at those are thing, late. Man. Those are late twenties. Wow. Those are late twenties movies. Yeah, <laughs> glass onions like in my nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that. out of three hundred and forty-two. Yeah, <laughs> so many movies you guys have talked about like are in my you know twenty-five to thirty-five range. So it's like all right, all of ours <laughs> are Jake's honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, much. yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's <laughs> a few. Top sh- to- his top 10, we won't have seen a single one. Yeah. <laughs> Never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, man. It's... Top Gun Maverick is 125. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's number 18. Uh, I'll do mine now since you guys. That was yours, right? KB oh, yeah. Oh, that's both of our numbers. Yeah. collective. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, speaking of singing praises for the for the craftsman, I, Michael Bay came out with the movie this year uh, called The Ambulance. Uh, <laughs> the uh, ambulance with with Yaya Abdul Mateen the second and my vote for best actor Jake Gyllenhaal play, portrayed David really? Sharp. No, no, no. Act- okay, I was gonna <laughs> say. If I, to make, if I were to make, if I were to make the bummy. That's my bummy list of most coked out um, self-referential performance of the year. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ambulance. Um, unironically, I think this movie is just incredibly well crafted. Um, you know, the drone shots are just the shit, you know, like obviously overused, self-indulgent. But that's what Michael Bay does. I think this is like, you know, if you look at his movies, this is like. The fir- first time in a very long time, he kind of stripped down his sensibilities. Um, and that's, that's saying something because ambulance is a lot, you know, tonally. Um, but it's just nice to see him go back to his roots like The Rock or Bad Boys and make a really simplistic kind of buddy movie and set it against the backdrop of L.A. and the craziness of of the streets of and highways of L.A. and the uncertainties of all of that stuff was really fun. Um, and yeah, uh, this it's just a great time at the theater, and I laughed my ass off throughout most of this movie just because of how it's. I was talking to Lucas because he brought this up for his best theater experiences, and he was like, "Yeah, the craft aside, the 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 main reason I love this movie is because every single character interaction inside the ambulance is just insanely over the top and ridiculous, which it is, um, and mostly is that's anchored by Jake Gyllenhaal's performance." which just never lets up and yeah I, I i don't know if this will be higher or lower in your guys's list but uh at one point this was like my number one like you said about mary b it was like ambulance was my number one movie because <laughs> this was like a march movie or something like that so but i'll sing the praises of ambulance for forever 
didn't make my list, but uh, yeah, an, an enjoyable movie nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, Ambulance is coming up actually pretty soon oh. on my list. Oh, yeah. shit. Um, yeah, and, you know, we had two very nostalgic, you know, kind of 90s, I guess Top Gun is more so late 80s, but have these kind of nostalgic action movies that we don't get a lot and you know top gun obviously the better movie but you know ambulance is uh is a welcome contributor to the to the lost art of the action movie and yeah i, agree. I definitely felt i was living in the 90s uh yeah when this movie yeah. came out because i felt like oh yeah you know like things like speed or like face off or you know, john woo stuff you know yeah even and- the rock at times yeah yeah definitely the rock and i i love a never-ending kind of driving hostage situation in la it's like a really it's a genre that can be done over and over again if you kind of just know how to make it fun and uh yeah that's really that's really it It just has to be fun and uh and yeah jill and hall like really brings it in this one and was definitely having fun making this movie and and i I very much just love like we're talking about the the drone shots the drone there's the most like like kind of like it's cool but like douchey final drone shot of like just the skyline of downtown los angeles that is so like corny but so michael bay that like it works <laughs> at the very end of like just something he would do totally in a movie yeah um, just the lens I, flares blinding you in the face and you're yeah, it just caps it off like so perfectly of what yeah. this movie is and um i'm just thankful that um and we'll we'll get to more of them later um that blockbuster movies like these are is still being made and uh yeah and people are seeing them and liking them so that was 18 we're on a 17 and uh well yeah i'm gonna throw back to jake because my number 17 is glass onion uh and for the sake of time and also i feel like content with everything we said about glass onion before um yeah that's my number 17 Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're we're at that point in the episode. Yeah, we're at that yeah. point. I think we we've done we've done well. we've done that before. <laughs> yeah. I feel. So yeah, that. I'll throw it throw it back to you, Jake. Okay, You're cool. Have to talk uh, some more. <laughs> let's let's go. Okay. How how are you going to follow up that? Yeah. All that just flow of information. Yeah, I don't take know if a, I take can... a breath if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So. Okay, sorry, my letterbox buffering. Okay, my number 17 uh, is a movie called On the Count of Three, which was directed by Gerard Carmichael, who he had a very big talk about who had someone who had a really strong year. Um, Obviously, he came out with Rothaniel, which is widely known as one of the best specials that's come out in a very, very long time. Um, which which I greatly enjoyed as well. And he hosted the Golden Globes the other night. Um, and what a lot of and he's gotten a lot of just press because he came out and he's and his stand up's getting a lot more exposure, which is great. I, I'm a huge fan of him, um, but he directed a movie this year, too, and it's really, really good. Um, it's a set. It's very, very uh, dark sort of framing device for this movie, but it's basically about him and his best friend who are suicidal and they make the pact that they're going to kill each other or kill each other and shoot each other in the face 
um, after they spend a day together, just kind of tying up loose ends. Um, um, so the movie is about suicide and kind of, you know, the, that desire to sort of end your life. And, uh, but, and, you know, if you've seen Gerard Carmichael's standup, it's very much, uh, sort of his sensibilities. Um, but this movie so is a all dark comedy. This movie, I was about to say, this movie is the, his dynamic with Chris Abbott, who's his best friend, because these guys essentially their mission before they kill the, each other is to just get back at people that have fucked them over, um, party and, you know, just tie up loose ends in their lives, um, which and it's done in a very realistic sort of tone. So it kind of amounts to a lot of dark comedy. Um, like there's a scene where Chris Abbott just they're getting gas and he's just like and they have guns, obviously, because they're going to shoot each other. He just decides to rob the, the gas station for no reason. And uh, he's really bad at it because he's like this suicidal, vulnerable guy. Um, Gerard Carmichael is has it keeps getting calls throughout the day from Tiffany Haddish because like he's her. They're like exes and she's kind of like screaming at him over the phone and like they're just kind of both jaded and there's like them set against like a really just hyperactive world and it's a really really insightful fun dark beautiful and also funny movie so it kind of runs the gambit of emotions this year and just being a big Gerard Carmichael fan I'm glad he was able to make this movie and you could tell he had a lot to get off his chest so um definitely uh recommend with caution because there's a lot of suicidal uh themes throughout this film i remember hearing about this one a little bit but um totally forgot about it um because yeah i remember i watched a long time ago at this point now his new special where he came out and everything was like i don't know he just he's on a different level um as sort of a performer um, really so yeah, I was, I remember like first hearing about it and being super interested because of just what he's been up to lately, but, uh, it totally fell off my radar since then. So yeah, cool. I'm glad it was on your list. Yeah. I would, to describe this movie's tone, it's kind of like, it's kind of Safety brothers meets like, uh, George oh, Carlin, Gerard Carmichael's sense of humor, you know? So wow okay it, it is <laughs> it's really good it's a really great little movie and wow. um some great people like jb smooth shows up henry winkler shows up there's some great little cameos wow. too. so holy shit yeah it's a it's a great one it's officially the one like of all the ones i haven't seen that's probably the one i'm most excited about you'd like it yeah getting, it's on who it's on hulu actually too so for free yeah Ooh. for free <laughs> perfect <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah my number 17 all right my number 17 gonna do what john just did uh <laughs> it's elvis <laughs> we talked about elvis <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh uno skip yeah we've what if we did cards with our lists yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna skip john we're not gonna see <laughs> yeah. your number 17 draw four on the Jay, northman yeah now this is You're a wild talk card. about it four times <laughs> yeah. that would be yeah. a fun that'd be a really fun gimmick there 
It's a wild card. I'm going to talk about a random number on my list. I'm going to talk about number 36 on my list. <laughs> That's Elvis for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, back at Elvis again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, that's funny yeah all right well we're at 16 then uh yeah 16 yes well my uh my 16 is barbarian so uh so jake i mean we just keep luke and i just keep (laughs) skipping and go back to jake uh but here i'll say i will say barbarian anything to add i'm I'm glad it exists and i uh yeah hell no i got nothing to add i don't even like it about this shit yeah (laughs) I just wanted to, I just put it here now just so we could skip my turn and go back to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I'm glad this movie exists. I think it was uh, really fun and interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good year for movies. And uh, yeah, and I think Barbarian uh, exemplifies that. I don't even know. If that's be a a word. Good, another yeah. good movie for a Barbarian to be in there would be uh, Die Hard. The, the, the Justin Long Die Hard. Die Hard Four. Yeah. No, the first Die Hard. <laughs> so like, wow. I guess I thought you were just picking right. all Justin Long movies to have. Yeah, uh, I, I guess the fourth one, but it'd be the, funny uh, to see Hans Gruber come face to face with the woman. Yeah, just, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We are running yeah. a heist in the elevator shaft. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just thought the original would be better because it's a contained location. Die Hard yeah. Four is not contained. They're kind of going all over. I don't see how. <laughs> Unless a dot of barbarians at all the locations, but <laughs> I, I would be interested in seeing a barbarian in the Justin Long uh, universe. You know, like going the distance with Drew Barrymore. Maybe we, yeah, we throw yeah. a barbarian yeah. in there. Yeah. Drew Barrymore is like, like, what is that it's in the yeah. basement? <laughs> this is like you... a barbarian. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> She's breastfeeding us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... we're really going the distance <laughs> with this. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I've never made long distance work. Especially this is the weirdest that. Airbnb I've ever been in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we gotta we gotta John, make that happen. John, do you by chance? Because Jake and I <laughs> talked about this, but do you watch uh, Drew Barrymore's uh daytime television show? I I have seen yeah. many clips of the clips, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually I I mean I think we've talked about this before too. I we all really love Drew Barrymore. Hell yeah. Right. Uh yeah, yeah. I find she's so just uh um, I don't know, down to earth. It's childlike, like, like a childlike sensibility to talk shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen some clips of it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen like a. It has. Like, full episodes, there, it definitely yeah. has the psychotic nature of a daytime TV show. It's just with Drew Barrymore, so you're like, I'm down for it a little bit more. You know, you're like, yeah. I enjoy it, but yeah, I mean, still, you know, good for her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad Love she's uh, yeah. sort of found the new. Um, yeah, I don't know there's like a consistent thing for her to be like mm. a part of that's in, um, the, you know, the mainstream yeah. like, for the mainstream audience. Cause right. A yeah, positive right. show business thing for her. Yeah. And she's had her own, you know, struggles and everything, but it seems like she's dealt with it really well. And yeah, she's, yeah, she's just for being like in a famous family too. She kind of, um, and a child actor, I, I feel like she's, uh, just someone who's like really relatable to, uh, to us normies, uh, normal people out there. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that about again? We were talking about going the distance, and then oh, yeah, like to go distance, in the distance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's because yeah. of Barbarian. Yeah, I love it. I love those uh, where you forget. It's a fun yeah. threat. Yeah, fun rabbit hole. 
um okay so that's number 16 so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do mine but it's then. your number 16 jake yeah it's it's uh i will talk <laughs> I thought about i was my... up i thought for sure <laughs> I was up. um i've just been going back and forth with me for some reason but uh yeah uh, what have i gone guys <laughs> what is it my turn <laughs> so my number 16 is one of the premier blockbusters of the year in my opinion i think we might have the same one i don't know because i don't think you've seen this film uh it is the woman (laughs) the woman king starring viola davis yeah i don't know what Um, i haven't seen that this movie this movie is the best um it's basically about this tribe of all-female warriors protecting um this kingdom (laughs) and back in the 1800s (laughs) Uh, led by Viola Davis, and the first half is very character-driven. You're kind of getting to know these warriors led by Viola Davis, who is ripped and fucking badass in this movie. Um, <laughs> and I love Hell Viola. Yeah. I love Viola Davis. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, and the second half kind of kind of detours into this sort of more in the lens of like Gladiator, Braveheart, you know, epic scaled action sequences that are just sick and yeah that's really all i have to say about this movie is that it's very it's not in reinventing the wheel in any way but for what it is a sort of a historical action movie with a very progressive message about you know female empowerment and sort of this uh fragile masculine energy that they're butting up against you know and you know obviously africa was being colonized by um european countries at the time so that kind of plays a role um but this movie just pays off so damn well in the in the third act and 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 i was really enjoying it um the build-up and getting to know the characters and stuff um this movie just has a beautiful payoff and the action's sick and viola davis is hopefully gonna get an oscar nom because she is she's not only physically great in this movie but she is such an emotional center that is the heart and soul of the woman king so so yeah, I, I was a big fan. Nice, yeah. yeah. I, I know of this one, but I have, yeah, I have not seen it or it wasn't really on my radar at all. But uh, yeah, I will take your recommendation to to see it. Nice. For sure. Does Viola Davis have a moment where she's like, <laughs> I think does she, she does. Do that at all? It's much more like subtle than a Braveheart would be, uh, but she has a lot of. <laughs> She has a lot of hype moments where she's beating yeah. the shit out of soldiers and war. There's a lot of war cries, you know, or the Rah! yeah, kind of like yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, it rules. It's just such a great, fun action movie uh, that's really character driven. So I liked, I loved it. Sweet. Yeah, that sounds cool too. Another good one I did not get to. <laughs> <laughs> another one no, okay just, uh. <laughs> all right my number 16 guys this this is the blockbuster that i thought you were bringing up mm. i'm gonna build up the uh i'm gonna build it up for suspense do my best chillian murphy impression it's the batman <laughs> <laughs> which uh nice. you know was a really big deal for a lot of people, a lot bigger <laughs> deal for a lot of people more than me. But nevertheless, <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Uh, very, yeah. I like definitely vibed with it, was all for it. Um, 
Can you do your impression of the score? Oh, it's like, no, no, something in the way. Yeah, yeah. There was like the scene where Batman's introduced, like, da, 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 da. We were humming that for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool, for sure. Yeah, as he's like, they're like doing the, like, I don't know what kind of, like, He's like silhouetted and he slowly yeah, comes yeah. in. And yeah. he's like, you know, and he just he punches kills. the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. cool. It's really, it's really cool. It's even more like, uh, I don't know, like, because it's like so emo. It's like more, like, it's like Daredevil. Yeah. Batman in yeah. a way, you know? Um, Nirvana's uh, Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all very much all about like, style too like it had it was very very much about style more of a uh like when nolan's like nolan's about like the crime thriller style so it feels more real this more feels like a comic booky uh dark emo style which was cool and like the city all felt the same like its own just interconnected gross like sewer pipe of a city type thing yeah. and uh like the lighting was like like i thought the I obviously I like the Dark Knight and like like I like it more than this movie. I mean that's what subjective on based on what you like more, I guess. But like, I, in terms of like cinematography and which one has a more distinct look, I would give it to this one. Like this one has a lot yeah. of like, yeah, very poetic imagery, like stuff that like you could. I, I'm sure a lot of people are hanging up images of this like movie on their wall or something like that all over Instagram um, and yeah. definitely makes like great for great posters. Who knows? Maybe there's some, the, some Batman NFTs that are you know <laughs> out there, something like that. But uh, yeah, Greg Frazier who shot Dune shot that movie. So that's he's it just right. Right. Which is all incredible. about, look as well and like aesthetic and um, scope and sort of mood yeah right right yeah. and i i do think this movie definitely um had a very you know like the themes of batman that it explored and like um a lot of um a lot of it being about i i think him having a lot of anger i think um pent-up anger uh, and a lot of and a lot of and a lot of, of that we've seen about Batman before where it's just like about him being this very like unsung hero. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's still just Batman <laughs> like uh, in the end, you know, it, it's still about like revering the Batman <laughs> in the end. And um, but it, it was cool. It was definitely very cool. I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, where are we getting a sequel to this? No, I'd prefer if it if it's stuck in its own, like that this was a standalone film. Uh, I don't know if and, it's gonna be. <laughs> oh, it did really well. Course. Yeah, it, so yeah. it made a but, shit ton of cash because it's Batman, mm-hmm. right? But I also like Matt Reeves was very like open, as if he would like there'd be a reason to not be open about it. But he's like like how he wanted to this like how he watched a lot of noir and tried to like infuse a noir like style and like noir batman thing into this which i think works really well and like there's a lot of that in this too which is cool yeah 
it's all just yeah. very cool yeah, yeah i like the the dark themes of it uh and sort of the yeah like how the nolan movies are like crime thrillers or got a lot of like michael mann comparisons right um and then this is more like a fincher there's like the fincher yeah. comparisons that i've seen too sure For, sure um, yeah like seven and this yeah. have like similar like yeah. on we're creating seven is like its own city um and it's ambiguous like that sort of thing and it leans a little bit more into like the detective aspect of mm-hmm. like the Batman, right? Uh, right. Lore. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I like I like it too. This is actually my. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> no way. screw Jake over too because this is my fifteen. So. <laughs> oh man, man. So, nice. Yeah. I'm but, not uh, meant yeah. to talk this much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that. That's Batman. Yeah, the bat. The Batman. Um. But yeah, I, I thought I thought it was really good as well. Um, and I liked the yeah, the moodiness of it. And um mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I guess I'm excited to see where they go with it next. Um, just because I am interested in like out of all the superheroes, I guess I find Batman the most interesting. Uh maybe. So uh yeah. Yeah, that's my number 15. So I'll just piggyback off good. that. It's a good call. Um you're not interested in Ant- Ant-Man and where it's going, John. <laughs> oh, I mean that too. You're into yeah, yeah. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> really interested in Ant-Man and what they do with Captain Marvel next, obviously. Phase 12 of the MCU has to be more hooked. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I want to see what they do with Moon Knight, uh, you know, and all these, all these <laughs> superheroes that I've never even heard of. I'm really, really interested. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel just does it right. Uh, I don't think there'll be any Marvel movies. No Marvel, no Marvel movies on this list. Not even my worst of list. I think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think I do either. I haven't seen a Marvel movie this year. Any of them? I think I just saw Doctor Strange, which is like very down the middle. Oh wait, I saw Doctor Strange. Uh, Yeah, Doctor Strange. Just it didn't make the list, but it's in the middle. Oh, Thor is gonna make. Okay. We'll talk. Uh, Thor was pretty <laughs> awful. I'll talk. Actually, about Thor is top five for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> um, my number fifteen is shit. I, I'm kind of having a John moment where I'm like, is this? It should might be a little higher than it is ranked currently, <laughs> but I'll just say it. It's the Fablemans at number fifteen. Steven Spielberg's portrait of his childhood and beyond um i mean i love this movie like who doesn't love this movie and the thing i, I think you guys are going to be more in depth because it's probably like in your top fives i'm i'm, I'm guessing um, uh, um yeah <laughs> i think <laughs> it's pretty high yeah it's, and yeah i love yeah, this movie. we happen to love it <laughs> it's very good it's very very good um um just everything about it is i think the things i'll say real quick is that um to see i think spielberg's golden globe speech was pretty enlightening the other day because he won for best director and best drama um he's a fearless filmmaker but to see things this taboo in his life put to screen um and how he talked about how difficult it was because he wrote this script or the treatment for the script when he was like after jaws i think between close encounters and jaws so i don't know any of that stuff i don't know any uh yeah i I need to uh, interviews for spielberg i do 
need to watch more about this has become like one of the most revealing points to like the most revered filmmaker in in u.s history so um and just to see the courage it took to put that on screen for him because obviously it was very taboo and he put it at the back of his mind for so long and came out with every other vision that he ever had before it so just it felt like just such a weight off his shoulders which i really appreciated and to have it be done so elegantly and so so richly told and so so much patience in his filmmaking um in his later part of his career i I really love to see um and i think this movie is so much more weird and and uh unique than what people describe it as you know because obviously um it's the portrait of spielberg coming up and finding his love for filmmaking and um the divorce of his parents you know that's all that's all stuff we knew about him but you know to see the really specific moments of his childhood occur i think are not only really unique but also really revealing to to you know there's two sides to spielberg there's a really technical um ocd part that he got from his father then the other half is like this dreamer sort of hyper um hyperactive uh 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 just dreamer of like his mom that he got so to see those two things injected into steven i thought was really special um and just portrayed so beautifully in the movie and um it's it's it'll go down as like one of his more just i think will be like one of his most unique movies in my opinion that he's ever directed so yeah that's that's what I'll say. I know I said I was going to briefly, but I, I got into the role. I think for the sake of this one being in my top five and uh, one of my favorite movies I watched this year, I'll I'll save my thoughts uh, since we're going to bridge these episodes and we have another one. So just for the sake of that, um, for that episode being as good as it can be, since it's the top ten, um, I, I will I will wait. Um, yeah. Pull a tar. Yeah. 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 It's pretty high on my list too. All right. Well, uh, my number 15 is uh, Barbarian, and uh, I will keep it brief since we talked a lot about it, but I'll say that uh, Barbarian uh, is probably possibly the scariest movie I've ever watched alone. So I'll say that it, wow. Uh, wow. it makes me have faith in myself that I can keep watching horror movies alone, and I don't feel the need to have to watch some of them in a group because sometimes I feel the need because yeah it's just it's <laughs> scary i do think they are more fun in a group um this one would have been movies. more fun for sure in a group if yeah. i had done it but i also thought it yeah. was fun that i was just like by myself like yeah. cringing <laughs> like clenching my you know <laughs> clenching my body the whole time you know <laughs> nice all right well so that's that's all you gotta Number say 50. about your 15 yeah yeah that's yeah, it that's it, that's it? That is it, guys. So, John, that's right. your fourteen, then. Like you, um, no, was my fourteen, guys. My sixteen was Barbarian. Fifteen was the Batman. Yeah, yeah. That's really my right. list has been all like weird now because I, yeah, mine is, <laughs> I think a few of might have matched up with Luke here randomly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So now, yeah, my fourteen. We're down to the last four of part two, oh, part one shit. here. Um. I hesitated to put this on just because it's not a narrative film. It's the only documentary on my list, but um, wow. I, I, I we might have to say, we're about to it. line up. I think 
Really? Okay. Yeah, we're about to line up. <laughs> it's a uh, Moon Age Daydream, the uh, David Bowie movie uh, from uh, this year. Didn't get into it. That's my number fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, and man, I have um, I've always been like a casual David Bowie fan, but after watching this, I was like, oh my god, he's a, he's amazing. <laughs> he's a god. <laughs> Is it the, the Beatles guy, get yeah. back all over again? Yeah. It, right. Yeah. Now <laughs> I am obsessed with him. <laughs> I did start listening to so much David Bowie afterwards. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's um, it's just one of these documentaries that it's not talking heads. It's it's way different from the Beatles get back too. Um, or it's just all these, just a collection of all of this um, footage of David Bowie and either different interviews or different music videos or concert films that he did. It's all very yeah. like artistic and visually stimulating and interesting. And um, uh, yeah, I, I think it just is a really cool, unique portrayal of him as an artist and a person uh, and uh, a lot, you know, a lot that I didn't really know about him. And, and I think his, the interviews, while they're less, you know, sort of chaotic and surreal as this, that some of the footage is, uh, I just think he is, he's just one of these artists that just has a very interesting viewpoint or well thought out uh, um, just viewpoint on, on who he is. Like he's very, he's very intentional about like certain things that he does uh, and I, yeah, I just found him to be a really interesting person and very like human and relatable while yeah. also being this like otherworldly artist. Uh, and yeah, it's just some of the footage is just so cool. Just I could watch David Bowie going up, up and down that escalator yes. for like 12 hours. I could just watch footage of that. Um, Do you know where that's from? Is that from the man who fell to earth or something like that? Maybe it is. I I was reading after that there that some people were saying that it was just a collection of footage from like other David Bowie either documentaries or or right. stuff. So that, but but to me a lot of it was new because I I haven't seen that much. Um, me too. So yeah. So I so even if it was from something else for me with like fresh eyes, uh, I was really into it, and uh, yeah, I I loved. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just loved the um just the, the the feel of it that it, it wasn't just generic and uh just talking heads of people saying how much they love david bowie and and everything and um yeah like I, I you know i tried to watch that andy warhol documentary this past year that was on netflix it was like a mm. docuseries and i just got so tired of it because it's like i don't really give a shit to hear about rob lowe talk about <laughs> andy warhol um, no disrespect to Rob Lowe, but yeah, I, I, I thought this was really cool and interesting and, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you recently saw it too, Jake. Yeah. I, I loved it. And it kind of, since this movie was so just visually stimulating and obviously his music is fantastic. This would have been such a great theater experience too. I know it had like a, a lot of theater showings and kind of a lot of, my friends that I've talked to about this said that it was like the best theater experience they had in, you know, having yeah. deep love for Bowie. I just love the exposure of, uh, to learn that he so early on in his career, cause obviously he got famous really young that he kind of saw himself as like a blank canvas and sort of adopted all these different personas and kind of artists that he admired. Cause like that movie, the, the documentary is full of just movies and, artists and paintings that he just adored especially in the first half um 
to, to see him sort of absor- absorbing all of that art and kind of develop because you really see the developmental stages of his life and kind of mm-hmm. how he developed his persona later in life so i felt that was just so moving and i agree just like there's like a cosmic sci-fi element to this movie because a lot of his early music especially dealt with space travel obviously and kind of like other worlds that he wanted to discover um and to see that visually put on screen it was just so gorgeous and um, I love how kind of messy the documentary feels and just it's just a lot of his brain dumped out. Um, but there is this through line of just kind of exploring his life and um the ending, especially. I don't want to spoil it, but it, it was just it it was very self-empowering and, and inspiring at the very end of it. So uh yeah. And I like yeah. you, I'm a casual Bowie head, and now I kind of like want to go on a deep dive like on all of his albums and the movies that he started and everything so yeah it was great yeah gained a lot more respect for him and and yeah i mean i, I kind of said this too but it's like he in these interviews he would say like very human relatable things it's like oh yeah he i feel like he just yeah. sees the world a little bit differently and uh things that might seem like they're like meaningless or whatever he he puts some like meaning exactly. into them. but then he's he's also yeah this otherworldly person <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's inspiring to see that just like he he's like a person with the same sort of uh, I don't know feelings and like troubles that we all have. But uh, yeah, I don't know he what he was had such a able to do. such a strong desire to evoke feeling out of his people with his arts. Like he always mm-hmm. mentioned his paintings and stuff that had moved him so deeply. So it was good to see like such such a stripped down version of that where he was just like to see his intentions are so were so clear from the from yeah. the get go you know so um highly recommend everyone checks that out you know on um, it's such a great comforting watch for that that would just make you fall in love with Bowie if you're not already yeah definitely all right my number 14 <laughs> it's a little boring of a transition my number 14 <laughs> is ambulance uh which we talked about already um hmm. Uh, I don't have much more to say about it. Um, like I said, uh, just happy that um, this year had a lot of unique blockbusters. Um, like, or not, maybe not, like more like, uh, I guess, blockbusters that did very well, that stuck around for a while in the theaters and they weren't from another uh, another IP or something yeah. like, you know. Yeah, like, I totally so, agree. Yeah. So, and this is one, this isn't the best one of those, but it's definitely like, you know, maybe in the top five of those, like just, just like just about in the top five of those, if I had to rank them. So yeah, I'll be talking about more uh, later in my list. Ambulance. (laughs) But yeah, I totally agree. I feel like this year there were a lot of great blockbuster movies that weren't like a Marvel movie or like, a, yeah. Yeah. Know. Which e- was even sequels like, like top gun. Like, you know, that's, I think that's in a different category. That was, that'll yeah. obviously come up later. Um, yes, it will. All right. Well, my number 13, then I feel like this might come up uh, later for you guys too, but it's uh, the new Park Chan Wook movie decision mm-hmm. to leave. 
Um, and I did not know that uh, Park Chan-wook was going to have a, a movie come out this year. So I was very excited when this came out because he's a director that uh, I feel like we've talked about a lot past year. Um, but yeah, after watching one of his movies, I'm always like, where can I see more of this same thing? Like I want, I remember watching the handmaiden, I think some point last year. And I was like, I just want to watch more of this, like more things like this and same with totally. like old boy. Um, and so, yeah, he, I just, he always does something interesting and uh, I just feel like they're always so creative and, uh, and another, another director who has sort of his own distinct vision uh, in these movies that um, are, are so unique to him. Uh, and yeah, this, this had a, a great, uh, great romance and mystery aspect to it and all led up to uh, an incredible climax like all of his movies do. And um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I won't, I won't go too, uh, too further into it for the sake of I don't know, spoilers or, or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Decision to leave. I think uh, it was another great Park Chan Wook movie. I don't think it didn't have the same. Uh, I mean, it's not on the same level as the handmaiden and old boy uh, are for me, but uh, it's really hard to top those. I think, but this is still yeah. just, um, yeah, a uh, really great movie and yeah, pretty high on my list. Number 13. Yeah. I'll save my thoughts similar to, to Fableman's and tar. Cause it's very high up. So teaser, <laughs> but I gotta I, love those. Save your thoughts, man. We're, we're <laughs> building the hype for our next. One also yeah, we're for sake of time. Also, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> jake's got jake's gotta go guys um <laughs> number 13 right it's my turn i think it's my turn god damn it yeah. okay <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what you get for picking movies that we talked about i think right because you had an ambient yeah don't blame me blame the order of your list <laughs> <laughs> we all fucked each other at different points i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 13, I have a movie I love, a movie that was very, very much bombed at the box office, but I, I, I was a huge fan and proponent of it was uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, uh, directed by George Miller. Um, uh, yeah, and like to follow up such a behemoth masterpiece like Mad Max Fury Road, I think this was like the correct move uh, to kind of use the the success and fame and sort of studio clout that he got to just make a wholly original personal story. Um, like this movie is, I think is so down to earth and beautiful and kind of just tells the story about what stories mean to us and the good and bad parts that they kind of can have effect on our psyche and our alienation and um, our expectations for love and all that, all these really just profound things that he had to say with this movie. Uh, not to mention the scale and the production design of of the stories that Tilda Swinton and and uh, Idris Elba exchange with each other are just gorgeous. So I I I'm just really baffled that this movie bombed so much and that people disliked it because I was just so deeply moved by the whole movie and uh, definitely one of the best George Miller movies um, in his whole catalog, if you ask me. And uh, no wow. fury, no fury road, but man. It's right uh, up there with Happy Feet. For yeah, me. it's right there with <laughs> Babe Pig in the City and yeah, yeah, 
Lorenzo's oil and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one I'll always recommend to people because not a lot of people saw it, but uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I also really loved uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, I Yeah, I thought it was a very empathetic movie. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, crazy, but it just speaks to how great Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton are. But yeah, just the fact yeah. that, I, I, I love the dynamic between them and their sort of relationship that develops. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, obviously George Miller is just uh, visually stunning and uh, um, yeah, just a, a great movie to, uh, to visually see uh, as well as, as a nice story uh, to go along with it. So, yeah. 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 We're just on a streak of movies that I haven't seen at the moment. I did. This is one of the ones I didn't get to, but definitely was on the list. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Know, we're like still watching it after this video, even because. Yeah. It's, it's like I traded movie. tar for 3000, 3000 <clears throat> years of long or something like that, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's All your right. finally your turn though. Yeah. Now it's back to you. I don't want to go now. No, <laughs> uh, my 13th is uh, we talked about it. A while ago now, because it was on Jake's list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, um, which was actually uh, on our the last episode John and I did uh, last year. uh, um, The movies that we want to make me want to be better. Cha-Cha Real Smooth was on there. Uh, Probably the latest movie on the list. and, and it's just because, yeah, every this movie's uh, about caring about others and has a very earnest lead um, and is really about real people and real problems and also just has a, a perspective that I think is timeless and new mm-hmm. and um, that transitional well. point in your 20s. Yeah. 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 And uh, I am team Cooper Rife. He looks like Adam Scott, but he's a director younger <laughs> and is, uh, is his, his own thing for sure. And definitely a, uh, I hope that he keeps finding people such like um, Dakota Johnson to be in his films and get him bigger budgets so he can eventually sell out and star in a Marvel film <laughs> <laughs> and like be helping Peter Parker or something like that. Nah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. Oh, I'm sure God. he's always going to do his own thing. It's painting um, a really bleak and probable future. <laughs> yeah, probable, <laughs> a little probable, but um, yeah, I know. I believe, I definitely can tell that this guy's, uh, you know, his own thing is always going to want to do his own thing. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, good for anyone and anyone, not just anyone young and who wants to make movies, but anyone who's just, young in general definitely yeah. i still have to get to cha-cha real smooth i i'm mad i haven't because uh yeah luke i've heard heard you talk about it now a couple times on the podcast it's always sounded so good but i literally i realized i hadn't been watching apple tv plus like at all so i was like why am i paying for this right now so <laughs> oh you like, like forgot about it so I went to the way yeah <laughs> yeah so i i paused that and i was like when severance season two comes out i'll right I'll yeah, it yeah, yeah it's all about severance though yeah, yeah that's true then, that's understandable yeah and then when i was cramming for 2022 i was like fuck that was on apple tv plus uh yeah. but yeah i will get to it eventually but yeah when the next season of severance comes out alongside use severance yeah. use yeah. that to yeah Exactly. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. well, that was 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
final two. All right. Well, my number 12, uh, I'm fairly certain is uh, maybe a little bit higher on your lists. So I think we'll probably talk more about it in the next part, but uh, it's Armageddon time. Nice. Uh, James Gray. I watched this last night. No, wait, no, the night before. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. This I saw, we talked about on the podcast. I saw at the Denver film festival. It was the, Oh wow! Right. Red carpet presentation there. A little bummed that nobody from the not uh, anybody film was, was there. there. <laughs> so, Anthony Hopkins didn't show up. Yeah, even out. You know, let's the the kid who I, you know I'm gonna insult him by not saying his name because I can't. I don't know it, but he could have been there I would, to introduce. If he was there, thing. I would have known who he was. Yeah, <laughs> he could have told me who he was. Yeah, Banks uh, Rapita is his name. Yeah, shout out. The, impo- the important thing is <laughs> to though, that kid. John got a free Coors Light at the Denver. <laughs> free Coors Light. It was great. I was with all these old guys with their young girlfriends with fake boobs. And it was me walking around with like my, you know, uh, hipster bomber jacket and Coors Light in hand walking around. Uh, yeah. Um, very fun experience. Uh, and um, also, I mean, I'll, I'll say seeing this at the Opera House in Denver is really cool. Like the screen is just massive and it's like curved a little bit. It's just a very cool venue. Um, nice. And yeah, I didn't know much about Armageddon Time, but um, we talked about Ad Astra. I remember in our best of whatever year, 2018 or 19, yeah. whenever that came mm-hmm. out. I remember we, uh, Luke and I, we both really loved Ad Astra and talked about it a lot. Um, and yeah, James Gray just really... Uh, making these great like family uh, dynamic movies. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, I I thought this, this was really great. It blew me away because I didn't know anything about it. Um, uh, I thought both, both the young kids in this that were, you know, sort of leading the movie were, were really great in it. And it used a lot of real life themes, Uh, you know, it it wasn't like green book where it's like involving these like, (laughs) basic uh clearly just like a out of touch white person made this movie sort sort of like racial um i don't know racial structure in in this time in america and uh yeah i i thought it was really it was a really nice um maybe this would be like a gentle movie for like a gentle category uh a little bit i don't know but um yeah yeah i i thought um yeah, I just thought it was a really, really nice, nice movie about family that uh, is is incredibly uh, relatable too for for anyone who's been a child in America. It, it, it could be related. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I definitely, um, I'll t- I'll save majority a lot of thoughts, but like mm-hmm. I will say, yeah, I definitely related to the upbringing a lot, um, very yeah. much. You know, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah the, the family dynamic was very very relatable and and too and like uh um almost you know like the like the parents really looking out for the kids and in a way limiting limiting them where the grandparents uh sort right of seeing where the parents are getting it set, wrong. you know yeah. kind of yeah 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 uh and i'd say maybe jake you let, let me know where you think i'm right or wrong or in the middle uh i think like maybe anthony hopkins is like Maybe the best supporting actor, like yeah. lead. Okay. No, he's cool. supporting. He's supporting. Yeah. Best supporting actor, like probably the lead of the. Like, oh, to win. Leading that charge, you think? You know, this movie is just 
not talked about for academy stuff, yeah. which is yeah. ridiculous to me. So I don't think he is, but he's right. like he would be my it's, vote. Like he, so maybe it's probably if not him, then maybe who is it? Like Michelle Williams or something. Man, I mean, for actor supporting actor, I think it's uh, Kiwi Kwan from Three uh, Everything Everywhere. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's, true. that's not a bad yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call though, man. There's a lot of good uh, performances, but so I mean, sadly, a lot of the my favorites are kind of getting overlooked. But yeah, it, we it's could just definitely... when I was watching Hopkins, I was like, this is like I was just thinking this is guaranteed like an Oscar like you would think nomination. yeah, yeah not enough people have seen the movie think. right he, he'll probably be in line for a bummy though which matters more <laughs> so yeah exactly that's kind of what I'm thinking is we'll we'll pay yeah. dues to him I mean his scene in the park alone is like probably my top five favorite scenes of the year so oh yeah mm-hmm. it's just unbelievably moving moving so but I will save my other thoughts for later yeah yeah, that's my uh, number 12. Yeah. Cool. I'm just realizing quick side note like I like forgot to I'm pretty sure I forgot to put everything everywhere all at once on my list. It's an honorable <laughs> mention for me. Which is uh, like <laughs> I mean like don't, I don't think it would have it would have been probably yeah, it would have been on this list. So, I really screwed up with no. that one. And I think it's coming up on people, my list. So. Yeah, I think for a lot of people we'll that movie's it. like a top 5 like It's most movie. people's like number 1, yeah. So, but John's Exactly. Like top I'd 10. say <laughs> I'd say the majority of people it's like the number 1 and I didn't even put it I forgot it's to put it on my list at all. Which it's is my, one of the collective favorites of the year yeah, for yeah. just sure. the public, I, yeah. I really like it too. It's my number 32 right after Kimmy. So, <laughs> I, this my list is just too long you know it would yeah. be in there but i and i'd like yeah. to think i would have put it ahead of a lot of things i like it's not like me. top 10 for <laughs> me yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah man that might have been i'm glad good. we got to talk about marry me though yeah, yeah no that's if it's it weren't barely, for you we wouldn't yeah, have, yeah. We, no, no one, one would have brought it up marry me in their top 25 but me only me <laughs> so that's why it's like deep water and marry me might be solely yeah you. yeah yeah <laughs> it's all good you know we'll but also talk. i did i did miss like five movies that you guys had on that could have bounced some of those out <clears throat> yeah most likely yeah uh all but, right uh, okay i'll do my 12 now uh don't know if you guys have gotten the chance to see this one yet but uh really loved bones and all uh, directed by Luca Guadagnino from. I did not. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a later uh, that that one's came, came out pretty late in the year, so you know, unfortunately, a, a lot of people missed it. But uh, yeah, Luca Guadagnino coming off of Suspiria, Calling by Your Name, is really to become one of the most unique filmmakers uh, working today. And this has been this movie's maybe maybe my favorite. Uh, of all of his movies it's really close with call me by your name but this movie was just incredibly unique uh tonally because it, it's a cannibal romance so right there you have a really conflicting tones um but someone like luca guadagnino who's so introspective about uh the human experience uh in my opinion uh uh really understood just kind of the psychology of 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 this sort of time period because this movie takes place um, I think in the midst of like the Reagan era in America, and it's sort of just these two uh, young people kind of find each other. Um, Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, who are 
both just phenomenal. Um, but this movie really kind of served as like uh, a stand-in for like the drug e- epidemic um, of the the late eighties or mid eighties, um, and sort of that how they were kind of just thrown out by society, um, and the baby boomer generation just didn't know how to handle sort of this new wave of thought, um, and that's how I sort of read the movie. Um, but yeah, this 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 movie was just extremely uh unique and uh kind of upsetting for a lot of people for grotesque reasons but also the fact that you sympathize with cannibals was tough for a lot of people but um i was very moved very moved by this movie and uh mark rylance um oh man is just just so damn creepy and menacing as he's sort of the antithesis to their uh to their love story and um yeah this is this movie is just a great road movie too like it's kind of like a throwback to like something like not in the tone but like something like paper moon or badlands and sort of that kind of freeing uh 1970s sort of feeling of just the open road and possibility in uh americana at the time so it was great to see a nice throwback uh 70s movie kind of in the in the frame of a cannibal Luca Guanino movie. So it's definitely one of the hardest movies to sort of sit down and explain um, to people that haven't seen it, but uh, you just got to experience it for yourselves is, is what I'll say. So that, yeah, it's that's 12. Yeah, I've been cool. uh, looking forward to seeing that. And I honestly, when the word cannibals came out of your mouth, I was not expecting that <laughs> at all. Uh, oh, you know, you, you yeah. weren't aware of it. Yeah, I had no idea cannibal. what it was about. Yeah. No, I, just, I didn't either. Yeah. I thought it was oh, like, wow. call me by your name, too. <laughs> in many ways, it is, though, actually. There's a lot of there's a lot of romance mixed in there. But then, you know, bones and all, I guess that, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think about it, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. I got you. Uh, but yeah, Timothy is continuing to... Uh, Big, really interesting projects. You know, he's playing Bob Dylan and Willy Wonka soon. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's interesting following that dude's career for sure. It's like a Willy Wonka <laughs> upbringing one, or like a it's like a story, a prequel. prequel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Directed. That's interesting. It's the same director as uh, Paddington Two, so oh, that's it's wow. like a it's a big follow up for that guy. Um, I'm into it. I'll definitely yeah, see it. No, no, yeah, that sounds really great um, for sure. All right, you up, John? Oh, am I up? Uh, no, you're, you're up. You're up yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my, my number 12 is The Northman. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, just definitely got really hyped and immersed during this. And I remember when I got out of the theater, I felt like I had to get my i don't know like i like I, I felt like it took a while to i guess land back on the ground of like where i actually was and just re you know re end like i don't know i felt like i had very much uh left uh the burbank theater like i said before during you ascended and, um, <laughs> i ascended yeah transcended ascended all that stuff um <laughs> just damn good filmmaking is what that is um <laughs> Yeah, that'll that'll still come up later on my list, uh, too. So yeah, I'll have more to say about it. But yeah, it was a very transcendent experience. When I left, I, I felt like a man just from watching that. You know, 
I just Turns wanted to go out, I'm pillage some town. Yeah. <laughs> just want to pillage a town, eat someone's yeah. like guts and stuff. Yeah. Well, if you want, if you want to like pretend, make believe, John, you're the perfect, you're in a good location, Colorado, you know? Like, oh, yeah. John's like, to recreate it, to recreate yeah. it, you know? I feel like it's, it resembles it. You could totally have a sword fight next to like a, a volcano that's erupting out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then when you know I see the footage of myself with my shirt off, and then it just totally <laughs> the allure just goes away. It's uh, yeah, very depressing after that. <laughs> I don't have the body to do that. <laughs> no, no, I'll work on my scars guard bod, but uh, yeah, that'll be years down the road. Um, okay, yeah, I guess we're down to the last one for part one here, number eleven, and mine is three thousand years of longing. So. Yeah, I I felt I feel good about what we said before, you know. I it this one is <laughs> is overlooked and I think uh yeah, yeah, it's a really really beautiful movie and um and uh yeah, I I again like what really hooked it for me was the uh or hooked me for it was the uh just dynamic between Idris Elba and, and Tilda Swinton uh and yeah. uh yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really nice movie. At the end of it, I felt good. Uh, yeah, so that's 3,000 years of long in my number 11. Just barely missed my top 10. So, yeah. Um, so I'm definitely ending on a very, very high note. Uh, so high. Oh, man. So high, I might touch the sky as Kanye I want to go higher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I had a gong right now to slowly... <laughs> slow interlude into Tom Cruise riding his bike down a runway, which is probably the greatest image in cinema of the year. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. I wish it was higher, but there's so many other good movies, but I still love it. Um, I was, I was deeply, deeply moved by fighter jets and Tom Cruise's charisma. Uh, I mean, this is this this movie is just a home run on every level. It brought people back, and and Tom Cruise single handedly almost saved movie theaters this year because this movie was so successful. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the craft of it is just astounding, and Tom Cruise's commitment to to make it as authentic and as visceral and as exciting as possible. Um, and again, you guys, you guys are going to rave about it just as much as I do when it comes up, I'm sure in your number twos and number ones, um, and just such a, such an improvement to the first top gun that I'm just so mixed on to have it be this sort of flawless and, and, and satisfying, um, Tom Cruise, in my opinion, des- deserves an Oscar nomination for this performance. It is astounding performance like there's a chance scene. he will get uh no for performance um and producing why not you know i think it'd be great to see tom cruise as like a producer up up on the stage you yeah because side note i watched jack reacher never go back last night which was a miserable film experience but to <laughs> see i always get chills when it's like a tom cruise production before the before we see the first shot so so, um, so jack reacher is not a tom cruise production it is that's what i'm saying like it's still at the beginning it was a tom cruise oh, production because okay. mccrory right. produced it and like it's right, right. it's a full-on the movie sucked but i was still like yes here we go it's a tom cruise production right and you feel s- like you can trust it somewhat always. right right yeah, yeah um 
but yeah, man, it's a it's a winning movie. And Miles Teller, Glenn Powell, Jennifer Connelly are all fantastic. Lady Gaga's score. I was listening to the score the other day, like just kind of reminiscing about all the songs in the movie. I didn't even realize that Lady Gaga was a composer on the movie. Not even I know she did the song, but she had a lot of hands in the the final song and the, sort of the build up songs in the middle. So just a lot of great people working on Top Gun Maverick. Right. Um of you know one of the movies we'll look back on this year and I, you'll definitely remember seeing it in the theater seeing it in IMAX and holding on to your your armrests as he elevates into the sky uh yeah yeah amazing theater experience we'll definitely talk about this <laughs> yeah. part one yeah yeah i'm sure Top gun that. maverick is kind of high I was listening to the Lady Gaga song one day as I was driving to work and I was just like this is so like insane of a song like to have at the end of your movie it is it's a great fucking song yeah like all the little like beats to it you know just like all the energy she builds through it it's such a like a banger it kind of it's kind of like Celine Dion's Titanic, where it just keeps getting more and more mm, yeah. emotional as it builds. So yeah, and I'll be listening. I'm like, this is such an amazing song. I'll be like, I, I can't believe this is specifically for this movie, Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're gonna. Yeah, we're all we'll, gonna we'll definitely talk about that one. More. We're all of our moments where we just rave about it. I'm sure. Mm. All right, so I'm uh, capping us off for the uh, the episode. Yep. All right, my number eleven is Jackass Forever, which we talked about uh, <laughs> twice already. Did we talk about it all, both of you guys? Yeah, just or? once. It just missed my list, but it's uh, oh, okay, oh gotcha. got it. It's high twenties. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, Jackass Forever. So, oh yeah, high twenties, yeah. Um, so yeah, Jackass Forever uh, definitely uh, was one number one for a while, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't, even though I knew it was earlier in the year, like I had no problem with it. I was like, I was totally like happy with it being number one. Like I felt good about it. Um, number five was Marry Me. I felt good about that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's like uh, great, um, and and also Jake, uh, uh, Jake, uh, kind of you showed me all. I wouldn't have done this if it weren't for you, but I we rewatched every Jackass before this came out, and that was just such a good time. And, yeah, that was fun. Uh, this one ended up being like, I don't know. It's hard to rank these really. Yeah. But I definitely like enjoyed these as much as any of them, if not more than any of them. You know, just because. The formula just, you know, it's like Mission Impossible. The formula keeps getting crazier with the stunts and stuff like that. And the, it's like the rogue nation of the franchise, me. Yeah, sure. Or, yeah. When it really just elevates. One yeah. of those. And uh, like, I guess I, one thing I can add new um, in terms of maybe an insight on this movie. I did watch a lot of interviews with Johnny Knoxville um, with Howard Stern as he promoted this movie and uh, Johnny Knoxville opened up a lot about a history with like uh, depression and things like that. And uh, yeah. I really like, uh, you know, like that just really opened up a whole new uh, more just like feelings I have about Johnny Knoxville and uh, 
and he and he like you know he talked about how probably a lot of the things he did when he was younger such as like maybe acting wild and you know maybe doing some drugs some partying and on top of that a lot of the stunts um are like kind of you know like a cover up for like depression and then when he stopped doing those things when he took a break like he re- like that's when he started to feel a lot of the depression and um yeah. Uh, and, and he was also like saying that there was a certain point where he got, where it's like, he's like chosen to decide not like, he's really got to calm down with the stunts because like, there's certain ones where he just like, doesn't know how much his body can take anymore just cause he keeps pushing it. And, um, I think he might have a family and stuff too. So that probably is a mm-hmm. factor. Um, but he did reference like a specific stunt in Jackass forever that like really rock. I like maybe one of you guys would remember cause mm-hmm. it's probably one of the biggest stunts, but where it really rocked his body and that's where he had to like draw the yeah. line. Like I think he might've broken a bone or two and was out for like a while. And then like, you know, like I think you're in the middle of, production while they're doing that i don't know if their production necessarily works the same way because like you know in that there's a schedule necessarily because it it does feel more like documentary style for them but um yeah i just thought that was all very interesting because like we said those guys always do seem just very like it's all good vibes you know and stuff like that and but then you know there's we do forget there's things like, you know, Steve-O's drug addiction and, you know, mm. now like, and then there's stuff with Johnny Knoxville and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. That just like makes me like these guys more and like connect with them more and, uh, make me feel like stronger about what they do is like, uh, artists really. So yeah. 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 To that note too, I, I've started to listen a little bit to, uh, Steve-O's podcast yeah, um, it's a good pod. Wild yeah. ride. Yeah. And it's nice to hear like these other sides of them. Like, you know, it's easy for just some random person who doesn't really care about jackass to just see these as like idiots. See these guys as just idiots. And um right, why right. would they do that? But Steve was just a really like intelligent guy who's been through a lot personally and had an interesting life. And uh right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all do really care about what they do and they care about each other. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they, I think they're all, they all really seem like good people mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day who they're really, they're doing this stuff to themselves for our entertainment. So, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, this, this jackass movie just made me really like them all as people a lot more. Um, yeah, totally. All right. Yeah. Well, that really, rounds out. What are you going to say, Jake? That was like, that was a great ended. genuine note to end on for jackass too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Well, I might as well, rather than being like number eleven. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we talked ones, about but... that already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, number twenty-five through eleven of twenty twenty-two. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, like uh, like as we said, we're back for season six, and I think it's worth noting. Uh, even though John and I are on season six, uh, Jake is personally on his own season two with us, but he is uh, just along for the ride. You know, it's like when, uh, uh, you know, the office brought on <laughs> Idris Elba. Idris oh, El- yeah, Ed Helms. Or, yeah, Ed Helms is way better. I'll take, yeah, the, yeah. I'll take the Andy Bernard 
Maybe yeah, that's like, way better than a big example. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Helms came Not a short term one. Yeah, yeah. Because if I was Idris Elba, I would leave after my season. That means arc. like that's implying yeah. that you are going to leave soon. But, and I was um, a big dick to both of you, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hard ass of the podcast. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anyway, basically, yeah, you're the end, Ed Helms. Uh, um, I'll take that. And uh, yeah, and well, I am um, I am Chandler and Joey and uh, <laughs> Kramer. Lucas Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight is Kramer. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, like we're happy that, uh, you know, you, you joined us uh, last year and of all the yeah, good me- things, uh, yes. all the good things you did and, um, uh, you know, uh, are helping us uh, like grow um, and uh, not only by uh, telling us what movies we should watch, but uh, <laughs> by doing your own episodes with like, uh, you know, people like uh, Carlos and your roommate and others and who are, uh, you know, like just broadening the, everything that we're trying uh, to do. And uh, we're looking forward to doing more things together. And uh, hell yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, let's uh, that's a good uh, cap off to the new season. I'm looking forward to the top 10, which we should be doing uh, sometime next uh, week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Real everyone soon. can. Everyone will probably post our like top twenty-five through eleven. I have to keep remembering what we exactly just did, and uh, <laughs> everyone can tell us uh, how what what they thought of our twenty-five for eleven. How Jake's was so good, and Luke's fucking sucked, or whatever. <laughs> and um, they'll be mad that we admitted that everything everywhere is not on our list at all. Probably, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Like out of everything. You know, like, forget the marry me thing. Uh, I probably really offended people that it's not even on my you list. So You started with marry me and you're like, this is it. This is the, the way to cap it off, to start it all off. <laughs> this yeah. is the baseline. Yeah, a marry big, me. Fu- a big fuck you. To That's the dirt, the line everywhere. in the sand right there is marry me. <laughs> the line in the sand. Um, But I, 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 you know, I know that like at times, you know, with that, uh, like, Maybe uh, it was a little messy for this one, but I will say that uh, 20, 10 to ten to one is going to get pretty real, uh, yeah. and a lot of them are ones I watched pretty recently. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to uh, sharing that uh, pretty, pretty very soon as well. Absolutely, yeah. Excited for the the start of this season, top ten. The bummies coming up. Yeah, we'll have a bummies coming eventually. Oh. I don't know when the exact Oscar yeah. date is, but we'll try to align that. Yeah, um, it's like around March, I think, as of right so, now. Well, so uh, it remains to be seen, but we may have some do some random shit before the bummies start, you know, just to like, you know, to carry over during that time. But yeah, the bummies will be back and we will give Anthony Hopkins his praise. Um <laughs> And best <laughs> performance of all time. It's mainly yeah. the reason why I want to do it. <laughs> um, what if he shows yeah. up? For, you could show up digitally for the bummies. Oh yeah, let's get him in the Zoom. I wasn't invited him, to the, the Spirit the Awards, the Oscars, or the Grammys, but I was on the not Grammys, of course not. But of course, I was on the bummies. Yeah. 